The Revenge of By The Numbers is brought to you by Esports Bet, where you can currently go and enter their free-to-enter World's Prediction Series 2 competition, where it is a 10 million USDT prize pool. It has 300,000 USDT for first place. And if you go to their Discord, discord.gg slash esportsbet, they will give you 50,000 DJT to get started in this competition. And in it, you can bet on the Major, the Blast Showdown. You can bet on League of Legends Worlds, Dota TI, any other tournaments out there in the scene, FIFA, Valorant, if there is anything, Rainbow Six, all the competitions out there you can imagine, ESL Impact, everything. And basically, however good you are at predicting, the ones who are really good, and the ones who make it through and are able to use that DJT correctly, they have a chance to win enormous prizes. Chris is still in the picture. Oh, still very much in the round. Oh, Chris, he's down three. It's down to a two on two. Chris, can he close this with an ace? Oh, my God. He gives him a chance to lead. So this CZ kill could be everything. Finally, Zeus, oh. he does something. Looking for a second, he connects in. Oh, and he gets a third as well. Surely he's not going to pull this off. Coldera, the man, the myth, the beast. Zyro, no help really, but he's still hitting shots. He's already got three. Hey up everybody, welcome to another episode of By the Numbers. It is another week of Counter-Strike news that we're about to rip into and there's been a bunch of it that's already come out and a massive day today when we're recording this because uh, the news is out. We can finally stop with the speculation, we can finally stop with everybody every week. Jackson getting the clicks on the website. Unfortunately, they're going to have to find something else to do now uh, because uh, they're not going to be able to keep milking this cow. But uh, Device is home in Denmark, in Astralis. He has found his home. So we're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff too, but uh, first... Thorin, how you doing, dude? You good? Yeah, pretty good in general. Pretty good in general. Sweet. Almost Had about to have a CSGO major. I'm there we go. To it. Finally, right? It is weird how we're so accustomed to there just being constant CS now. With that, like you go through the whole RMR process. You know, it takes takes days and days, and it's just constant all day matches, day and night, and then it goes away, and all of a sudden it just feels like you're in the doldrums. You're in the middle of the ocean. Makes me appreciate no the blowing. events more, mate. Because you know, back in the day, even when it wasn't a tier one event, there'd be like three tier two events going on, wouldn't there? So yeah. you never felt like you. If, if anything, if you you and me, you had to like intentionally take a break and be like, I'm not mm -hmm. going to watch this weekend. Maybe I watch like the finals. But now I actually feel like it gets me revved up for every big event because it's only like fucking eight in a year or something. In there. Actually, I don't. This is this didn't even occur to me at this point, but it's like because of that feeling is this actually the promised land as far as esl are concerned right that monopoly side of things where you start building up you know because now there are breaks between tournaments there aren't the two the tier two or three tournaments really anymore you know that are going on between esl events and blast events when there is a break there is a break and so now you can have a little bit of time to build up you know to get that appetite going again for Here's the, the tier one news this is why you don't listen to pro players and teams because oh. they will always tell you that look mate they're like a certain demographic of society very carefully phrased there they <laughs> yeah, they will tell you what they me. want but they don't know what they want so when you give them what they wanted similar what they say they wanted they then go but i don't like this either and it's like bloody hell oh wait so i was supposed to read your mind by the way yes you are literally supposed to be the one who takes charge reads their mind and gives them what they might want and then you that actually might work it work because think about this right Astralis is the ultimate team. 
Remember, Astralis is the team, Samler, that one year, 2017, skipped ESL Cologne because the major was like a few weeks later. Do you remember that? That was the one that was won by SK Gaming over Cloud9 in the final. Astralis skipped that because they thought too many events, too many tier one events. Then they had that whole thing in 2019, right? Obviously, you know, we're only going to blasts because device can only travel like three time zones to the left, but not to the right. Like, remember that whole fucking argument they spun up? Well, what do you know, Samler? Now Astralis, and then... They won all those tournaments at the end of 2019 when they went back grinding. Too many tournaments were all burned out. We need time off in 2020. So now think about this, guys. We're in 2022. Device is back in Astralis. And what's the complaint? They're probably not going to play till next year because there's no more tournaments because they're not in the major and they're not at blast finals. Well done, guys. Well done. You all got what you said you wanted. You all got exactly what you begged us for, what you demanded, what you said literally was like a moral imperative because of burnout. We gave you it. And what do you know? Oh, turns out that only works as a complaint when you're number one, when you're winning everything, when you're always in the finals. Like this is why dude, you can't listen to those people. Like you can take on board their opinion, but the point is they don't know what they want. They don't actually, essentially, if they were given it like now, they're just going to complain. So I, that's why, to me, the, the real response was actually that teams, I mean, this was Flashpoint essentially, nutted up and actually themselves took part in the negotiation process and had some system where it's like, we attend so many events, but we don't have to attend them all. If you don't know, get fans, the idea of like, wait, well, we keep saying like functional monopoly. It's just a monopoly from ESL. The joke is, I always use this analogy. ESL right now is Microsoft in the 90s, where there's a famous story where they intentionally bought or paid for part of the stock of Apple just so that for the antitrust lawsuits, it didn't look like they had 100% market value. They had to be like, no, 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 we only have 89% market value. Yeah, they had yeah, to do that. Guy, there's this guy, Steve yeah. Jobs, he's doing something right now. You guys exactly. you know, pay attention to him. That's basically ESL now, but with Blast, they're like, look, we yes. allow Blast, you know, a little seat at the table and a few scraps. And so what yes. happens is, if you don't know ESL, this has been their wet dream the whole time. Their dream always was, one, cut costs and have some events online. And then two, because like, you can obviously have qualifiers and that now. And then two, this was the ultimate dream always, was make the circuit so that you are locked in and you have to play all the ESL events. You can't ever choose an event to skip because then how can I make my event in the stadium? And how can I know these fans will be there? And how can I know that like you'll have to compete at a event that's not that good? Now they've made the whole circuit, like challenger things, go into the pro league. And it's like, mate, this is their wet dream. To a fan, you yes. might be like, oh, I'd maybe like a bit more CS. ESL wouldn't. They want exactly like it is now and by the way you know what I just said there that should sound like a really negative if you're someone like um, ESL no no the dream of ESL is if you don't go to their event well now you have to go to every event afterwards and spoiler there's nowhere else for you to go there's no other game in town you're not going to another tournament during the major like, you're just shower luck mate you have to sit back and go please can I play ESL and then that's like this is actually their dream. This is a feature, not a bug. Last events and all other events now. Uh, the esports or tournaments is also a qualifier into Katowice. So everything feeds into yes. ESL now. You don't exist in the eco space without ESL say so. So it really is the dream. And for a period there, I was being a bit cynical in the sense that I was saying, um, why don't why don't they just buy it all? Why don't why don't the Saudis just go to blast? Same thing and just be like, right, you're the last you know you're the last big player in this space in Counter Strike. Why don't we just go ahead and give you maybe like a cool two hundred million or something? I don't know, like whatever blast is worth who knows they're, it's like they're hemorrhaging money so who knows what they're worth at, at the end of the day much like ESL but uh, you know you get you get them on board and then you really do have the monopoly but now I think I've have, I kind of have come around onto the Gates uh, jobs kind of angle where you just keep allowing Blast to exist because Blast the one thing that Blast have had going for them for years now and that has put them above the rest 
is innovation in terms of their production. ESL are not innovators. ESL take what others do. And so for years now, it's been Blast innovating with the broadcast, improving the graphics and creating fun stuff to do during breaks, during ad breaks to keep people engaged, uh, you know, messing around with the players, asking questions, like doing all that sort of stuff, creating more ways, more creative ways to keep people engaged in the stream. That's all been Blast. And ESL haven't had to come up with any of it. I mean, Flashpoint, the skits, it's like we were doing the skits and then ESL started doing the skits. It's like ESL cannot, well, one industry veteran actually, you know, <laughs> from years ago, that just reminded, reminded me, uh, from years ago, one industry vet used to just say it's ESL gray, that they are they are just going to be a, that for them, the ideal world, the ideal situation is to just have a conveyor belt and it's all nice and organized and German and clean and, you know, that, 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 everything is boxed up and ready to go and it just ships on down and you just, you can get it all on a nice conveyor belt and you can get it all moving down and it's all fine and dandy. So you mean ESL is like that whole King quote, like, you know, evil can ever create its own. It's going to, no, but that's exactly it. Birds, right? Good. Like... It, it must, it must parasitize. <laughs> okay. That is, that is the way. Blasts are like the fucking elves and then ESL you know, is like fucking ESL. <laughs> like the thing is, it's not just knocking on ESL. It's been very apparent from day one that this has been ESL strategy all along. It, it oh, took them course. 10 years, but they won. They got there. They yeah. got to the goal. The goal has always been a monopoly and now they've managed to achieve it. They had to, they had, you know, eventually uh, they had to make some plays to do it. Never saw face it. I never saw face it joining ESL. That one caught me completely off guard. The thing, I'll give you an angle from this show as to why okay. that doesn't actually surprise me as much as you think. Okay. Because here's the thing. A little detail a lot of people don't know back in the day is you remember in, I think it was 2015, where there was that famous like a, a coup attempt by ESL where they were going to do a circuit like this that would dominate the whole thing and be exclusive. And what happened was they famously, Richard always said, planned the actual meeting so that it was like the one weekend when like Valve employees were on holiday and were on like some beach somewhere. And what they did is have this meeting and they had all fuckers there like TSM and all the orgs that were going to be in part of this league. And famously, Face it were the ones who rallied all the other orgs. Remember, they got like DreamHack who hadn't been bought yet, and they got and they got all these orgs together and like, look, we have to like basically what we have to do is pitch like a rival circuit, and we have to bat. Now, here's what people, here's what Richard always said. I can't remember if it's on the show or not, but he always said, "Oh, I think the main reason they did that is because Face it wasn't included in the ESL thing. If they'd actually if if, if like Sauron had sort of gone, hey Saruman, you want in a bit? Face it would have gone like, ah, oh, thanks, yeah, yeah. This is the real way that the scene has to. They would have just there been the ringleader. Go, so that's the re go. and I'll also say this: here's the real dark angle. If you're someone thinking like, yeah, why doesn't Blast just sell to the Saudis, guys? I think there's a reason the Saudis might be really fucking pissed off with Blast because when they tried to do a business deal with Blast, what happened? Oh, every single person in this chat and all the fucking talent. We're like, you're evil. Fuck ever working with you guys. Oh, you bought in. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to work with your rival now. Like, like, the joke is we've actually all helped Blast just shoot their own feet with a shotgun. And then we're all sitting back going, you know what? In the end, ESL kind of got a monopoly. Like, yeah, we did it. We gave them a monopoly. That's all. We basically sold them Park Place at like rock bottom prices. So I, even perfect, so I even used the American version of fucking Monopoly for you there, Samler. The references, because obviously in England, it's fucking London in it, so whatever. Oh, but yeah, but nobody plays the English over. <laughs> the main... Come on. Well, London, actually, you're right. And remember yeah. when, and remember, that was the other thing. I did it on the show, obviously. Remember when they unironically made an ESL version of Monopoly? Yes. But the joke is, and this it's plays right into me. what you were saying. This plays right into what you're saying. I thought when they made it, it would at least either have A, a tie into players and teams. So it would be, like, you know, Simple Street, and that would be like the best. No, no, they didn't have any licensing rights. They had nothing. Or it would at least be funny, right? Like it would be like, you know, go to jail, like Thorin banned from Canavit. That would be funny. No, no, because it's ESL, it was just a shit version of normal Monopoly. 
monopoly. Like it's like you say, ESL Grey. Like the real the real problem people like ESL have is they sit around in a boardroom like is there any way we could remove all colour from the world so that then we didn't seem boring? Like, that's like, that's their way. Instead of going like, why not make all things exciting and vibrant? They're like, is there a way to turn the contrast down on the world? <laughs> They're mad, aren't they? They're so mad. Because the problem is, you know this as well, Samler. When I was young, I grew up all brainwashed by TV and cultural norms and things my teachers told me at school. And I used to believe that thing. Oh, don't ever say stereotypes. Stereotypes are bigoted. No, no, what stereotypes are is called pattern recognition. Yeah, and they will absolutely yeah. save your motherfucking life in certain scenarios with animals, etc. for example. But what I learned about people was the more I traveled the world, I was like, holy shit, what are the odds that there'd be a guy that's Spanish exactly like that narrative? Holy, And then the, the worst one of all, guys, I'm just going to say it right now, the most ridiculously bang on is all the Germans. It goes without saying. Like, they are absolutely what every, like, caricature of them is in the fucking West. It's mental, in it? Like, they really are the people. Like, you just take the, the train and then um, it's on the, you're just, everyone knows that. Like, on the S-Train, like, what, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm not from Germany, am I? Like, but everyone knows about the Uber ban. Like, uh, whatever, whatever, mate, you know. They're so ridiculous. They're so ridiculous, guys. They're so ridiculous. But the thing is, you, like, they are the easiest one to flip the switch to comedy and just enjoy it. And then just go, you're so But that's it. Me. That is it. You know, it's I like, know. A, it's, it, they, they made play after play. You know, that they were the ones who really figured it out in that you just cater to the players. Because remember, once upon a time, uh, ESL were despised by the community. Everybody hated yep. ESL. Everybody shit was talked fans all of the time. Yep. Everybody was fans of everybody else. Everybody Dream was under the sun. But ESL, ESL, everybody despised ESL. Everybody hated them, the whole community. And then ESL figured out what they needed to do. It was to get on the good side of the players. You don't try to be, you don't try to care about the teams. You don't try to care about anybody else. You get on the good side of the players because the community follows the players. No yes. matter what the players say, it's gospel. The community will eat it up, just eat it up every time. And once ESL figured that out, then they just, all they did, every tournament, all they cared about was making sure that the players had a perfect experience. Because then yes. the players go out and say, oh, ESL, fantastic, best tournament organizer ever. And then all the community is like, oh, well, clearly, yes. Oh, you know, they must be the best play, must, best tournament ever. And from there you go. They just slowly, over the years, built it back up again. And now, well, <laughs> here we are. Such is life. Sitting at the top of the pack. I mean, that is actually one of the things that I mean. We can talk about this now because also um, there was the uh, the Rio talent announcement uh, that was uh, that was put out, yep. and there's a bunch to talk about there as well. But it, as in as again as in relation to like Blast and ESL, Blast really are there. The only thing they can do now to stand out is to innovate on the broadcast. Literally, like just I don't even know now to come up with uh, with ads, uh, clever ad segments. Um, you can't really do too much now with the uh, UI. Uh, that's pretty solid. That's pretty set in stone. It feels like like they're doing a good job. I mean, I know that they're trying to look at it. You got you got Nico the Pops who's out there tweeting. You know, like, oh, do you look at the mini map when you watch and all that? Like, so they're clearly trying to think of ways to improve the production because that's literally the only thing they have now. They they if if we look at this Rio talent announcement, they they no longer have any talent exclusivity because Fe, because Fre, uh, Freya works with Face It and so Face It ESL now. So there you go. Freya's in with ESL now. There's no longer that war between Face It and ESL where they're not hiring each other's talent. Now Freya, she's going to be front and center at ESL events from here on out. And then now you have Launders and Scrawny who are also going to be at all of these major events it looks like. So for the next two majors, you're going to have Launders and Scrawny at the ESL one and then obviously they're going to be at the Paris one because that's Blast major and they are Blast casters. But you could say that before where they are Blast casters. Now they're just they're just casters. They, they're, they're going to ESL events now. So as far when I was, I was talking about it this morning on my stream where I was like, I don't know what Blast have now to differentiate themselves from ESL. 
because they don't have exclusive casters anymore. Their casters are going to work with ESL. They don't have this, they don't have exclusive teams. Their teams are playing in ESL and Louver agreement. So you you have a format that's pretty much similar to ESL in that there it's going to drag out for weeks at a time, and you're going to try and just do the best you can to draw to draw it out. So you have a similar format to ESL as well in your tournament. So I really don't know, barring huge technical inv innovation on the stream itself like what you're going to do if you're blast to stand out now you really are just going to be just the little stepchild that esl allows to exist so that it has somebody to bounce to to, to take innovation from and then to to, to what to, to to just be able to not you know say I mean, that they're I not a monopoly think, like that's literally the only thing. reason bearing in mind blast at least previously used to run like real double limb and all that sort of stuff i actually think blast's in an even worse spot now similar because the way they've divided up the season so you play the group stage but then months later because you have to have the showdown in between you go to the actual finals here's what people don't seem to get the reason iem cologne and Kanavitsi bang as events is because a billion teams get to go to the event like even the playing teams go on that first week even if they don't go beyond that they went to the event then the main event itself is like 16 teams. The problem Blast has is it's a really tight little thing, but you want, don't you want to get like eight teams to the final or something? Like you don't get that many at the actual final. So for example, like Astralis isn't going to be at the finals in the Royal Arena. Like they don't even have a chance now. So the sad thing is, even though there's no problem with it as a format competitively, that is just a worse format if your teams, like if your teams, you'd rather go to every Cologne where like the joke of Cologne is you have to be really bad to not get in. Because if you're not, if you're top 16, you're pretty much almost invited on the ranking, etc. And if you're not, the next like 10 or 16 teams get a chance to do that playing match where you win like two games or one game and you get through to the event. So the sad thing is, in some ways, like ESL basically also just bully them on that sense. Like, I don't even think if you blast, you can expand that. Like, you probably don't have the budget to fly everyone into yeah, the main fucking finals. So, yeah, it's going to cost loads more, of course. Yeah, so it really leaves you wondering <laughs> what the next move is for blast. Uh, there's this Abu Dhabi gaming deal but I think I really think the Abu Dhabi gaming deal is just going to be like a fully subsidized like this is a way for Blast Blast are playing it really shrewd where they so for for their world championship it looks like it'll be an Abu Dhabi game in Abu Dhabi if it's in Abu Dhabi odds are it's getting it's getting completely funded by the government there and so venue flights all that sort of stuff is going to be heavily subsidized and so Blast are going to be able to save money there host their events there and by the looks of it it's going to be for the next three years because it's a three-year deal and it doesn't look like there's additional money coming into them. So it really does seem like it's probably just going to be some kind of deal that involves um, fully subsidizing the world championship for Blast. And then you look at the the major in, in Paris, that is very much clearly going to be an event that is fully, that is going to be subsidized by the French uh, tourism board, whatever, whatever, whichever, wherever the money's going to come from. The only reason I can imagine you want to run an event like that in Paris is you're getting some heavy subsidi subsidy from the, from the state there. So they're probably able to cut quite a few corners and with a, with a good bit of help from the French government on that side as well. So like Blaster playing a shrewd game, like you say, in the sense that they don't i don't think that they have they don't have that much money to throw around they really heavily invested over the over the covid period in a, in a facility and everything that put the millions in the hole so like i don't think they have that much money to be to be fucking around with so they are really trying to make those plays to just find subsidy and find ways to to cut corners and and keep going um again though it's it's going to be very I, I, they, it's going to be very difficult for them to keep to keep along this if they don't have uh, additional draws to 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 set them up at least, you know, I, I know that we've said this in the past that uh, it's very difficult to tell the impact, to see the impact of a of a caster on a match in terms of viewership. Uh, there almost aren't any metrics that you can use to, to to say like, oh, this caster was casting this match and we got X more viewers or whatever. Like those, those metrics are really hard to find, which makes it very difficult for casters to negotiate. 
um, because they don't really have like a go-to metric that they can point to and just be like, yeah, this is the impact that I'm having on the stream. So pay me more money. It doesn't work that way. Like the, the viewership, like you can put whichever caster on whichever match and you're not going to see a, you're really not going to see much of an impact in terms of, in terms of, um, viewership. But that said, there's still like brand, there's still something along the lines of, you know, like if you can associate Launders and Scrawny with Blast and you have enough Launders and Scrawny, you know, fans out there, then they are the Blast guys. By the way, that's mental to me. That is that is actually an example of where I think Blast has fucked up. Absolutely similar, right? Blast made Launders and Scrawny. Yes, now, I did. don't say that in the sense that like, they didn't train them, they didn't give them the tips. No, like, no. Look, they built their careers, but like Blast literally handed them that opportunity. I know because they came in like full-time, whatever, around the time me and Semler came in that year where we all went online, etc. And so that was basically the whole reason they got those guys, if you don't understand fans, is because no one else was using them as a premier duo. So they were like, right, what we're going to do is we're going to brand it. And everyone knows you think of Blast Finals, you think of Lawrence and Scrawny doing the final. You think yeah. of like, it feels like their home arena, doesn't it? That like Royal Arena. So the, I think the biggest fuck up they made, Semler, was I would absolutely have had it in my budget that we, by now, when we come to lands, we have those guys on an exclusive deal. Like, here's the thing. There's an out for a major. If ESL does a major, of course they can have you. Everyone wants so your best talent on the major. No, though. But, I, but here's the thing, though. No universe okay. am I ever letting them go to a Cologne or kind of eat it. That has to be. Because otherwise, like you say, the whole atmosphere, what made your event feel unique is gone then. Because Freya's going to be there anyway. And now you don't have your premier duo. Like, the joke now is ESL's just gone like fucking God mode. They've got all that. They have everyone they want. In fact, the people there turning down, which we'll talk about later, that's ESL's prerogative. And those people would have said yes, almost certainly. So I think they did fuck up in that sense. Like, these guys, yeah, you, you must have had a point at the middle where you could have got them to sign the deal, you know? I think this is one of those points where it's just like you take the hit, you budget so yes. that you can literally pay Launders and Scrawny not to be at Rio right now because you know that you have Paris coming up next. So you just take the hit. It's an ESL event. You know, the, the, the idea that majors are some kind of uh, um, independent thing now, it's, it's, it's not really. It, Let's start it out that way, but not really. Yeah. It's not really that, you know, like majors, neutral ground or majors. It's like not, not really when ESL that was is more a naive dream anyway. Down. You know, when we all used to say like, no, it should just be like the best people because it's a celebration of CS. It's not that way anymore. The problem yeah. is guys, that doesn't work when it's the TO foot in the bill. They're going to be like, uh, no. And look, if Valve gives me 10 million to run it, yeah, we can hire whoever you want. But if I'm the one foot in the bill, I think I'll pick the talent. And you know what? As much as I w wish we live in a different world, that is the reality of the world we live in. So it's beggars can't be choosers, guys. They're the ones yeah. footing the bill. And I, you know, uh, like it, it is an interesting, I mean, it is an interesting thing to kick around as ex-talent, right? Because thinking about it, this is, it's not like this isn't a discussion that hasn't been had many times in terms of exclusivity times. and how to figure that yeah. out. But it's always a budget issue. But at yeah. this point, it's like, if I'm blast, I'm just thinking, okay, we have to put some money down on the table to keep Launders and Scrawny. It's your only angle. Like you say, what else do they have that's unique? They've, they've actually that's given the away they the last piece of flavor anymore. they had. It's like they don't even have a unique broadcast because ESL immediately co-ops whatever it is that they create that's new. Two weeks later, ESL have done the same for their broadcast. By the way, so here's the edgy joke. What Blast should obviously do is invest loads of money in a huge female CS Go League because diversity is our strength. So it'll just make the whole brand stronger. And yeah, also get all uh, the extra viewership, you know. Gets, uh, similar, gets, uh, like 500, 50, didn't you know that? Like, viewers. Yeah, didn't you no. know that forty-eight percent of gamers are women? Like, don't you want to tap into that market? <laughs> Give me a <laughs> I know the joke is like it's weird. It's weird, guys. How no one is cynically just making another league like that. It's only ESL with like any key and fucking Intel. Ooh. Yeah, it's almost like that's all, like another agenda at play than just getting raw hits and having a really cool business in it. <laughs> there you it go. Really is. There you it's go. the reality it is the reality we live in it's mad in the world 
But, By the way, when they actually say that line as well, like that just to me, that just sounds like something out of 1984, like diversity is our strength. Like, why are you repeating that over and over again? Like, or it is peace. I know. I can't that it. really is the, that. I mean, I think that they, I think it's intentional. You know, it's done to do oh, that. All right. Because for the people who don't know, they don't know. They just think, oh yes, diversity is our strength. Yes, good. And for the people who know, it's them literally punching you in the nose, just being like, haha, we can do this, and there's yes. nothing you can do it's to like, stop us. Haha. What you disagree? It's like, no, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, brother, no, comrade. Uh, <laughs> it is the reality. Okay. Was there anybody? I mean. It really does feel like a who's who in terms of the list on um, on talent, though. There's a few. Um, Here's the thing. There's a bunch of angles we can go on with this. Like, obviously, we can go on, like, there's the classic people you should have. We can do that in a second. You can do the, who's this person? Why are they on there? There's a couple of those. There's a couple of, really, on a major. And then there's a couple, which I do think, maybe you have to be me to do this because you have to have a good memory. There's a couple that are conspicuous. So which one, which one of the three do you want to go with first? Okay. Well, no, you know what? We're just going to go in that direction. I think we're just going to take it in that order because, you okay. know, there's the obvious ones that we can yeah. go off of in terms of like machine and sponge ESL guys, Had pretty much be. like yeah. the go-to guys right now, but no shock. Um, Hugo and Harry, I thought, I thought that this would be the, uh, the last one at Antwerp. Like, I thought that Hugo and Harry, when it, no, when it comes to, what was it? Cologne? Was it Cologne where they weren't present? I think that was it, right? They missed a big ESL event recently. I, so yeah, they weren't at Cologne, RMRs, right? I'll tell you that. Because as far as as far as I'm concerned, like whenever I think ESL talent, it's much like uh, Launders and Scrawny with Blast. I think Hugo and Harry. I think ESL. You know, like I just I've associated them with ESL in the same way that Blast brought Launders and Scrawny up. Hugo and Harry were brought up by ESL and ESL. Hey, here's the problem, though, similar little asterisk to that. Okay, they go came for it. up during the online era when maybe you would want to push the rates down and maybe the margins would be. Oh, hundred percent. So the problem is. When people think, I agree, when you think ESL, you also think Spongy Machine. They're also the biggest talents in all of Counter-Strike, if people don't know. Like, Machine is literally someone who can walk into any other game and be a host of the biggest tournament in the world. So he has extra leverage other people don't. That's why, if you notice, Machine's the only person I'm aware of who actually tells ESL, don't feel like doing this event, and doesn't even get, like, any kind of petty, like, fucking problems from it. They don't kick him off the next... Everyone else would get that, by the way. So to me, actually, I think the way they've treated Harry and Hugo this year is absolutely ESL going like, look, I did kind of make you, so how dare you actually try to charge me real rates? I think that's what was going on there, mate. So luckily, thankfully, it's resolved. They're at the major. That's all good. We can forget about, as you said, if they were not a color, I know they were at the RMRs, which was mad dodgy because, yeah, they were the, the second you walked. Listen, it's, it's, it's what you're doing right now if you're a TO, because again, just a, just as a baseline, there is no metric that you can point to for a caster to justify well uh, to justify their rates. Um, apart from like maybe they get a thread on on Counter Strike uh, on the CS:GO subreddit. That's pretty no, much like the really back in the day was like, oh, you got a thread or whatever on the Reddit. And so you know, so long as you're on the Reddit, because that's really all the ESL. That's all the the ESLs of the world have to go off of. Uh, is you know like social media and like your impact on social media. So what's your following and are you getting a lot of chatter on uh, Reddit or, or on Twitter? And so that's what that's what they have to go off of. Now, however, like so so that's the world that you live in as a caster. You don't really have it was a popularity contest. You don't really have anything apart from your following and and you know and also once upon a time having other tournament organizers so that you could use them to barter one against the other. You can say yep. hey you know like Star Series is paying this you know can you match that and yes. and that's how you actually go up because competition is a good thing because then you can actually negotiate between you know the different tournament organizers. And actually, yep. that's a way to raise your rate because if it's just a monopoly, well, if it's a monopoly, you're fucked as a caster. You have no 
alternatives, you have no options. And that is, as Duncan just pointed out, what's so important about the position for Machine is that he can, he has leverage. He can yep. go anywhere he wants. He can go to other games. He is a, he's a tier one caster anywhere he goes. So he has that kind of leverage where you can be like, well, you know, you know, I get this kind of rate here. So, you know, I think that you should match that. And ESL, you know, hands are kind of tied. They don't really have too many options because, hey, he has an out. Harry and Hugo, not the same thing, you know? And also, so, those two points tied together, similar. When someone like Machine can play hardball, or back in the day, maybe an Anders could, or someone, whoever plays hardball, Henry G, guess what? They take that money out of the Harry and Hugo's of the world's yeah. pocket to give to Machine. And that. That's just the way the casting world works. You know that. that. That's the reason why there will never be a caster union. Because the joke is, you not only directly not compete against each other, but if I succeed in business, I'm not going to give it straight back to you when you don't know that business as well as me. Like I'm just giving up my advantage there. So it, we're just incentivized against it, unfortunately. Well, it's all about divide and conquer. We tried with Room on Fire, but that was like the one time I think that we got really close where we were able to raise everybody together. Because then it's like, okay, you're a room on fire talent. You're going to have like a certain bar to expect in terms of like rate. And then you could actually like increase those rates based off of like a group negotiation and stuff like that. So it was in a way it was like a union, a agency, a group, or whatever you want to call it. It did allow for more leverage in terms of negotiation. By the and way, was everyone go. Just blown up. Everyone go and look at the actual graphic. It's on the like the IEM Twitter of the yeah. on-air talent, right? And all I want you to look at is this. I'm going to point something out, and it's going to make it immediately apparent, right? So if you look, start at the top left. So you look and you see in Stunner and Freer and Pilot. Go down the cast, Machine, Sponge. Everyone's got their shot at an ESL event of the headset on, professional-looking shot. Then you go along. Launders is SeekingArrangement.com. Yeah, what is Launders? It's like his... Uh... <laughs> And then Anders is literally just the picture of like, you know, Anders Bloom, RIP, 27, I'll make it kind, 78. We miss him daily. He was a loved father. You're like, what the fuck? Why is the Launders one though just like, like 80s swag? He looks like the fucking rock back in the day. It's like, ladies, ladies. He looks good. It's, it is the, it does look like he just took a, se a selfie for Tinder or something. Smart, you know it? I mean? I like know. that's. That's the 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 it's vibe bad. where everybody else has got a, a decent casting uh, sort yes. of position. The one thing though, like, actually, I mean, dude, I don't, like the Anders one is the one that's got me wondering because I know that he's working with Skybox. It's his it's his it's thing. his company. Yeah, it's his company. So that's the thing. It's like the architect. What's what's the play here? Because if he's a caster, Do you want the spicy take. Are you ready for the spicy take? Well, right. I assume because they call him the architect that he's going to be basically someone introducing like Sky. It's implied he's going to do Skybox segments. Yeah, but Land Maui Snake no Skybox. That's the problem. Through through. So Here's like, the what problem. are you going to do? Like you got Mahone. Let's be Maui, real. Like, Who the? Let's be real. Anders, I don't care how much I love you, mate. Who the fuck actually thinks you're like some super intricate expert on tactics and stuff? Anders' whole shit was those videos he did back and they're like, look at this weird 10-man boost on like Dust 2. And the like, wall bangs. And, you know, or like, look at this wall bang where if they go by and you just hit them, you hit their toe. No reason why through seven walls. Like the problem with that is that's funny in a YouTube video. On the stream, as you are saying there, dude, if you have that technology, I want Yanko showing me that. I want Kassad showing me that. I want Maui Stick showing me that. Mahone showing me that. Alan Ender show me that they are peacemaker everyone basically except you anders you're brilliant at going in human reaction or whatever it's fucking you know all the time are you kidding me the joke is that's what i thought i thought anders blue are you kidding me he's doing fucking skybox and it's your own company no that, that's well, like that's legit the question okay so this is where you come back into like or do you have esl made men because like, how is Sato casting the major, and how is he back here casting with Moses, and and Anders is off on the architect doing his thing, you know? It's like, how is Anders going to be at this event and not be casting with Moses? Let's like, be that real. Is such a weird. 
I think weird that, situation I, to me. I mean, isn't it implied if you look at how they've worked this year that like Anders doesn't want to go to as many events, and so that doesn't seem like it's a duo to me. So as I can tell, Moses and Saddles the duo. If you look at who's worked the events this year, they really have made the original duo. And you know what? As much as this will sound like a meme, because obviously, sadly, some of the things he did in the past played into this meme. So I'm not referencing that, but it's a real statement. I actually do think this year Saddles actually sort of chilled out a bit and looks like he has unlocked some of that potential. Not that exact percentage you're thinking about. I didn't. I can't avoid that. I didn't make those fucking ground rules of me. But he does actually seem like he's sort of unlocked the last level, so I'm cool with that. Thing is, here's the thing. Basically, casters, perfect. Right? That line's great. Then let's go to analysts. Let's get all the big ones done again. Yanko, of course, has to be there. By the way, if you don't hire Yanko, especially if you're hiring, like, fucking eight people, you're a moron. Maniac, slam dunk, had to be there. I think Maui has proved himself. He's already done the last major, so I think that's fine. Those are all immediate. Then the rest of them, like, bear in mind, I'm not going to be working this event. Even if ESL asked me, guys, I would not have said yes. I'm not working with ESL. I'm definitely not going to fucking Brazil, so there's two for one. But then if you look at the others... To be fair, there's not that many people in the actual scene who are doing the analysis. So all I'll say here is those are all fine hires generally. Like Blaine Cassad, they've done the big events. Look, the Peacemaker one's a little bit debatable because he's not an on-camera analyst. No, that's, but a, that's it's the in one Bra- word. But it's in Brazil. He does have special exactly. insight to the Brazilian exactly. teams. And I'll even say, of Brazilians, like I thought the guy, who, I don't give a fuck, guys. I am foreign. I thought the guy who did the American RMR was pretty whack, actually, the Brazilian. He was just average. He didn't have great English. He couldn't express himself too much. He was just all right. And he basically was there, let's be real, to swing on fucking Imperial's nuts. So I'm not really interested in that for a major. So luckily he ain't there. But Peacemaker is better than that. He can speak English well. Like he actually knows the joke. He'd been in America loads of his life from... Europe and so that's fine by me. Like I said, debatable. There's not here's the thing though. My boy Alan, even though he's my boy, he has done very few big events. But fair enough, he's done some ESL events like Pro League. So he's got the call-up. Because, again, there's not that many other people. He also, by the way, is a native English speaker, so that's a great advantage. The Mohorn one I don't have a problem with. My problem is this. I would want him doing skybox type stuff because that's where he comes from. He's a YouTube guy who makes the strats. I actually do think on camera, bear in mind, this is the world championship. He has been pretty fragile on camera. Like he looks a bit shaky. He hasn't really sort of loosened up yet. He hasn't, I think, I think he's a pretty young guy off the top of my head. Like it doesn't really seem like he's sort of figured out his persona. The one that I actually think's mad is this. Where the fuck is Pimp? Now here's the thing. You can all go, but I don't like Pimp. I think Pimp's a, we're talking about top eight in the world. Look, you can hear Pimp all you like. He's top eight in the fucking world at analysis. By the way, he's done all the big events. He's done years and years. He was a pro. He's now got a whole career as an analyst. He definitely has insight into a specialist scene, the Danish. Mate, like, th- th- this is haterism. Like, look, I know he'll probably end up being on, like, TV2 or whatever in Denmark. Spoiler, you at least want the invite. You at least want ESL to go, look, would you like to work the event? So that's the thing. Even if it ends up being that, like, oh, I'm, I'm booked with them, you at least want them to say, like, would you work? Whereas I've, I get the vibe. ESL's just blanking pimp now. He's just not going to be like a, a, a guy on there. He he is, funnily enough, just left with Blast. That's all he's got left at this point in time. Or TV too. So I, I think he's in a tough Genial. spot. And now he's sort of taking his spot at Blast, you'll notice. So sadly, I think this actually, this is sort of the like canary in the coal man that pimp's getting pushed out. And he's just going to be on that weird Danish broadcast that we can't watch. And I think that's a shame. Because the other thing pimp also does is, this will sound counterintuitive, Assembler. He actually does get hated and be the villain. Dude, now that I left, there's no one to do that. You actually do need one guy that people even want to go, oh, bloody hell, he's on it. And then every take you have just inspires the tweets. You do want a guy like that. I think you've got, do you think Maui's trying to lean into that? I, I get the feeling that Maui's trying to lean into that a little bit where he'll he'll throw out the spice every now and again. 
I mean, not to the same level as you as or you were pimp, but I feel like he's kind of toying with the per, with like the maybe he wants to be the heel. Could try. But his to be problem the heel. is this, Samler. This is where he can't succeed. I know pimp couldn't do it either, right? People are going to think it's just because I'm from the UK. Like, haha, lol. There's no good UK chess players. Boys, I ripped the shit out of Smooya, and he was from the UK. The joke is this: my strength as a heel, as a villain, is I hate everyone pretty much. I can insult everyone. The problem Maui has is as soon as it goes to NA. Oh, what do you know? Like fucking Star Spangled Banner in his eyes. Oh, she could fucking hang with the big boy. You know, when Pimp would be talking <laughs> about Danish people, like, oh, yeah, I think Zipniks could get it together. Like, shut the fuck up. So the problem everyone has is that part <laughs> That part weakens you as a villain. I really am the guy who'd just be like Conor McGregor in it. Like, oh, I'd just like to apologize. I'm seeing nobody. You're all fucking trash. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? I'd be in, I am Cologne. One World Cup and two World Wars, dude. Dude, and they're like, well, sorry, man. we start the final now. Big, big split. <laughs> That's a real chant from the football games, by the way, if people don't know. By the way, let's pivot, though, because here's the other thing. Pimp's the obvious one there that I'm missing. But yeah. in general, casters and analysts, we're doing a good job. We're getting some really good names out here. The other two sections, there's a few comments to make. Let's go first to desk host Sebler. Because I guarantee I've watched loads of events. I know you're watching like the big ones. The I guarantee you were going like Stunner, obviously, ESL guy, top guy. Freya, she's brilliant. It's about time she got on to be a host on a major, not just a sideline reporter. Yes. Parler, well, you know what? Some concessions <laughs> have to be made. Listen, I'm legit, <laughs> I'm legit guys. I don't even actually dislike Parler as a person. Just not a huge fan of him on camera. And by the way, not in for all events either. If you're having a fun event, get Parler. I just don't feel like he has the gravitas, if you know what that word means, for the big events. It's not really my vibe. It's not even his style. His style is like comedian. The problem, obviously, is the fourth name, isn't it, Semler? When you come to veracity. Do you even know who that is? Nope. She's only done a few events. She did a bit of Cologne. She's done some smaller events like ESL Challenger and stuff. The problem with that one is this, Semler. That's just the next person in the ESL talent pipeline that they're making. That's just someone they've brought through their system. I think she comes from some other game. I think mean, he's not even CSGO. I couldn't tell you what game I would guess, like what PUBG or something. I'm going to guess. I know she's from the UK. No, I'm checking her Twitter right now. Jack of all esports trades. By the way, she wasn't esports bad. Like, I actually thought she had some potential on camera. My problem, obviously, is this it's the world championship of Counter Strike. Like, guys, this isn't like, it's not like you're one of CSGO. So, look, the real issue there is if you wanted the best desk courses, the obvious name you would take from elsewhere on this list is you would take Shocks and you would put her up and you'd at least get, even if she was the fourth horse, like just doing the odd game. Because I'll tell you what the implication there, if you're a fan that you don't get is this. It is implied, similar. Let me, I want to see what you think of this. That that means one of two things. Almost certainly, if Shocks wanted to be a host, I think she could do it. So that implies two things to me. One, she doesn't want to do a hosting gig. Like, she just wants to go to Brazil. She obviously likes Brazil. She always says it on her socials all the time. She just wants to go to Brazil, do interviews, which is cool. It's a special entity she also has from League and Worlds and all that crap. And then she just doesn't want to be the full-time host. She doesn't want to, like, invest like she did to Antwerp. And probably, let's be real, she'll be doing Paris Major on Mama's because she speaks French, right? So I would imagine she either didn't want to, and here's the other angle. You know, when everyone always goes, I think this person should be there. Well, I think this person should be there. No, no fan like CSGO salaries knows what people charge. Shocks is not going to be on a cheap day rate, boys. <laughs> no, in no fucking universe. So the other angle is this. Maybe she was too expensive and ESL didn't want to do it. Maybe they just wanted to have on one role. And it was like that. Because if you don't know, when you've got talent like people like Shocks and Machine do, unless they just want you, it has to be you at the top 
gig. It's like selling sponsorship to someone. You have a whole deck. Do you want to be my title sponsor? Or do you want to be a sideline sponsor? Or do you want to be one of my partners? And they're all priced differently. And it's like a shop. You go and you pick from the menu. I think for me, I'm just going to take you as a partner for this one. Oh, no, I've got my whole budget. So I'm going to put you as the title. That's the question I have is, it's one of those two, right? It's either ESL couldn't afford or she just doesn't want to be the host. Surely, is there a third? Problem is that now, like, uh, unfortunately, I've been around producers and I've been around these people too much now, so I know how they think. And unfortunately, it is it to me, if at, at a glance to me, it just feels like I've literally had an executive tell me this once, where they're like, "Do you know a good uh, female uh, for for uh, for a role? You know, we're we're looking for females, preferably Asian." Like yeah. I've literally well, had cynical executive yeah. ask me that. I'm like. I know good people at their jobs. Uh, it never occurred to me to like think of it in those terms. But if that's what you're, if that's what you're doing, you know. Okay. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I know what you mean by that, Samuel. But the way you spun that, they're like, "Is she a woman?" I, I didn't even notice. I, I don't, I don't see color and uh, it's, sex. No, I, I just, that you is, know, I that is she, the esports. That actually, is, that is I guess she does have esports a small and waist. Used to be where none of those things mattered. It's just like, are you good or not? That's pretty much it. That's always been it. It's been a meritocracy, or at least that is close. And Samuel pulls up the Instagram. Oh, you're right. She is, in fact, a woman. Ah, she is, in ah. fact, a woman. And well, it, like the thing is, to me, it's like that's that's the that's the angle that this this screams to me. Oh, it's it just, is. They were trying to find a way because, again, notice uh, in the middle. And this is just you know we're gonna go down this rabbit hole because this is how you have to look at the Come world on. now. Unfortunately, that's just the world that they've brought into our space. Once upon a time, you wouldn't even think about this. No, now, no. because of them, you have to. So. Think about the response the middle, to the PGL Stockholm talent list. This, a lot is, of men. this is what they did. A lot did. of men in the middle, yep. you know, not not a single woman in the cast. There's not a single woman in the analysis, you know, yeah, a lot of men going on there, you know. So where can you actually get some women into it? It's going to be in the sideline. It's going to be in the desk host. And so I just think that that's, that is literally how they're operating. There's like, listen, you know, it's, it's desk host. How hard could it be? We'll just put somebody in there. It's going to be a girl. Boom. Find her put her in she's not going to be she's not going to be expensive she has five thousand followers on uh, on twitter and she clearly is uh, still trying to make her way up perfect for esl as far as they're concerned because they, they are just be the like you say Harry Hugo, all those yeah, alan exactly. you know it's like just if they need to, to have a few extra bodies you just find some guys and then boom put them in there yes. the problem is i would i would not really care about this except for this is a major so again it's yeah, like exactly it's a major it's a world championship this isn't a cologne this isn't i mean thing is what, what's crazy is that in my mind, I'm still thinking of Cologne as, as much of as a major as well. It's like, where, where's your small events to put these people on so they can, I mean, you know, they, she was on some of the their way she in. Did like ESL yeah, Challenger or, or something. No, she did what, ESL right? Challenger. She did ESL Challenger. The problem well, is, if people don't know, you can't have it both ways, guy. Because when me and Semler came up, we were number one in the world at our job. And here's the message we got from the ESLs of the world. That's not how the industry works, guys. You don't get to skip the queue. There's people who've been here for years before yes, you can see us 1.6. And they've worked with us before. And it's the same people. So you know it's what? the same people. Yeah, so this was the logic. They were like, you know what? You just wait your turn. This is the advice I've given everyone because it's what was told to me. You wait your turn and your, your reputation lags a year or two behind. So don't worry. In a year or two, you get all the gigs it's true a year or two later we were getting every gig the problem is this similar now they want to just flip it and go what do you mean this person's good so i'm going to put them straight on the major yes. well which is it you were the one who set the president we didn't we're just saying be consistent no the prior one was the one that actually could allow you to have some pride in your work because now this this next one the way that it's set up now is utterly soul destroying for you because you don't know did you get it through hard work did you get it through all of the hours that you put into the into it and actually worked your way up step by step and went up the hierarchy and went up through the way and got more followers and got more exposure worked more small events more gigs here built out your resume you did all those things 
Or did you just get hired because you're a woman who happens to be also of color, which is a double whammy. And, uh, you know, there we go. We're going to bring you on to the broadcast too, yeah, and you're going to go about. ahead and hop all the way to the front. And it's just like, <laughs> how, how, like, can you, can you take pride? Like, can you actually take pride in something that you've put work into at that point? If that's, if you have that gnawing at the back of your head, if you don't know that you got there the way that others did, you know, that's, that's what's soul destroying about this. And this is what I despise. This is what I hate about it. It's like, if I knew her name, you know, like, that's the problem It's it's because it's a major, you know, but it's like, if I knew her name, like, oh yeah, Veracity, fuck yeah, she's done this, 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 like she's done it. She's been in CS for a year and a half, two years. She's been oh, doing still work. Rookie oh, year, dude, like Alan, you know, that's the thing. It's like, Alan, okay, maybe like he's been, he's like, he's been a coach. He's been an analyst. He's done his YouTube. He's done stuff. It's like, okay, he's put, he's putting some work, like maybe a stretch to be fair. I'd probably take pimp over Alan, you know, if, it, if the chips oh, were down, come on. it's like, you'd take pimp over Alan, but it's like, at least Alan has got a background in counter-strike and he bleeds counter-strike, yep. you know, for other roles, it's just like, come on guys. So that's, that's, that's where it's just, it, it gets a little bit, uh, it gets a little bit frustrating. It's the same thing with like Peacemaker as well. You know, it's like, you could have a pimp instead of a Peacemaker. I get why you have Peacemaker there. It's because he's Brazil. Shit. He probably lives in Rio. So you don't, it's about saving money on a flight. He's already in Brazil. It's fantastic. Oh, and also, by the way, here's the other sad thing. Bear in mind, Peacemaker, as far as I know, is not employed at the moment. Remember, he used to be the Imperial coach and they fired him to put FNX in to not talk and just go, FNX, no major, or whatever the fuck that shit meme is, right? The joke is, like, I bet Peacemaker doesn't even get paid that much. I bet he's the cheapest fucking guy on the list. Or he might even be doing it, like, not for free, but, like, for... Yeah, borderline for free. Yeah, and just to be part of the major. That's, the, that's it. He's just part, now he's Rio. part of the major in a way. Yeah. By the way, yeah. my, here's, here's also where you know. This is why it's sad that Flashpoint was never in this spot. Because here's what I would do. If I signed Anders to a deal, and part of the deal, because it's with fucking Skybox, is like he get, he has to be like the guy presenting it. I would just make it banter. Like, I would soften the blow and wouldn't make me people like me critics. I'd do a whole intro. Imagine this intro, like... <sighs> they thought his box had gone. But his box is very much alive. Skybox. Because you know, like, your box is gone in English. is like, oh, he's fucking lost his mind. Because that's the whole thing about Anders. It go, his box had gone. Fla tweets all flash up like, have you ever thought about what about if an octopus could put chocolate up your anus at four <laughs> in the morning? And then you see the timestamps of those tweets. I even told him, mate, it's so obvious you're high as shit. I know, because I'm reading it high as shit at four in the morning. Bloody hell. Like, and then the next one, the next day, like, have you ever thought, what if instead in, like, Marty McFly had been played by a young Donald Trump? Like, I've never thought that at all. Like, just, just shower thoughts with Anders. So it's like everyone did think his fucking box had gone, didn't it? And then now it's like, but he's back with a new box. Sky box. And then all the money raining down. There you go. That's how my intro would be. Instead, they just put a shitty thing. The architect just put, he's the architect, did he? ESL Grey. Welcome to ESL Grey, the architect. Well, that, that sounds really fun and sort of playful. Like, what is it like? I just said, he is the architect. Like, can you not read? He is he is making something for us and, and this will be good. It's like, where's the fucking, where's the razzmatazz? Where's the, the why would I have all of this? This is a, it's a video game tournament. I, I'm very serious. Like, give me it. By the way, I should no, start no, doing no. that the, German no, accent. The, oh, it's the, not bad, is it? The way it's that ESL bad. would look at that, the, the German would look at that is like, well, what is the return on investment if we were to put in the time developing? Exactly. <laughs> no, it. no, you know, just have a bit of fun. Throw it about fun? We're not here for fun. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the first thing that we uh, that we bonded with the Saudis on is no fun. There, there will be no fun. There will be profit <laughs> and consistency. <laughs> Humanity will become a commodity. 
That that was actually our tagline in the business proposal. I don't like get me out, get me the business. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? That's now? the worst thing, by the way. In the Matrix movie, they had fucking Hugo Weaving, like a badass character actor playing Agent Smith. In real life, Agent Smith would just be some guy at the fucking flying DJ, like, uh, excuse me, um, in the Matrix, this is illegal. I'm going to send you to prison now. Like, God, sound. You're not even cool. You're just shit as a fucking villain, aren't you? No. You're just some boring ass suit, you fucking asshole. And everyone's morphs into him. You see, oh no, bloody hell, oh, they're all morphing into the fight DJ. Oh shit. Like, <laughs> obviously, played still by the guy who played Cypher, though, just logically to use the cast still. <laughs> also, Richard did point out the ultimate banter of all time. What did he do? If you count it, there are 24 talent announced. Well, remember, in Brazil, 24 is <laughs> that number that just means like gay for some bad reason. And we're all supposed to pretend that's just normal. I know it's mental in it. I know. No, this is it. That's why he's the architect. That's why Andrew stands out. It's 23 plus one. There, there you, you go. go. There you go. That's it. They, play, they, they did fucking it. played it. Meta. Exactly. 23 talent plus one architect. Guys, this is it. We're into something. Richard, you're onto something, dude. Good shit. And by the way, just to fill out the other ones, Heku absolutely deserves to be there. She's clearly loves CS. She's put in mad hours. She's even do all that shit with HLTV. She's absolutely yeah, she's doing the, the side community. content. Banks, look, there's not that many people for sideline. He does an all right job. He's worked the past majors. It's an obvious hire. So I think, yeah, in general, these are all pretty good hires. I think it's a pretty good talent list all in all. I will yeah. say this, though, Samler. I had to, like, bite my tongue so bloody hard on the latest episode of Snake and Banter, also on Insight and CSGO channels. Now it's Last Free Nation. Look at the YouTube box below. The latest episode came out today. Great fucking ad read, right? On that episode, there's a part where one of Maui's points is that he does feel like when they have, like, um, what was the analogy? It was something that, like, when they have discussions on desks, like, they don't feel like the discussion's getting pushed forwards and they're sort of circling the same topics and it's a bit stale. And you know how much I had to bite my lip to not just be like, oh, really, Maui? Is it almost like everyone on there is just a former pro or someone who's only looking at demos trying to tactically break the game down? You've only got 30 seconds and you're all trying to fit stuff in there and it feels like you're circling on the same topics. And really what you'd need is someone to sort of, like, spice things up a bit, you know, throw in a bit of banter, maybe get some historical reference, maybe do, like, an edgy little throw over someone. Basically, like, if I feel so empty without me, <laughs> yeah it's me it's me it's just missing me isn't it like i know because guess what the secret to my career similar was i made a particular flavor called thorin and i'm the only one who supplies it so if you want that look if you want a yanko you can get someone pretty much a bit like yanko but not serbian or you can get kasan is that early guy who's just gonna yeah. deadpan a bunch but you can't get someone like me, can you? Because the joke is, people like Pimp tried it, and they were like, I couldn't even last a week like that with the bloody tweets. It's like, yeah, exactly, mate. Oh, try, try my life for 20 years. <laughs> Not I to know. get egotistical or anything, though. I, it'll be a perfectly great event without me. And also, I would never it go to an event in Brazil, so don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, no, not knocking it at all. I think that, the, I mean, as far as like, like what we're, I think what we're knocking it on is mainly like things that go around the talent, you know, like the blast angle with ESL and whether or not they should hold on. Like in terms of the, t in terms of the talent of the talent, like fucking rock solid. Like it's, this is a home run as far as talent is concerned. Casters, bangers, analysts, bangers, everybody else, you know, it's super solid. I'm happy to see Stun at a major finally after getting jilted by PGL over and over again. So it's like, okay, good. Stun has got his major now. 
I will say. <laughs> okay. That is still one of the stupidest four parts. And I'd tell him this to oh, the, oh, the Doing that DMs. like DMs. I didn't know about that, to be fair. It's just such a bad... Like, if you don't know fans, there's no <laughs> upside to that. Because here's what he fucked up with there. If that was like ESL or an American brand, they might actually, to try and squash the beef and bad PR, hire you for some mad logic, like, like when I fucked with them. Of all the people to do that with, don't do it with a fucking Romanian OG gangster in fucking esports who doesn't absolutely have to play to any PR things. And remember, think about how it went with Stockholm and Antwerp. Has shown you he doesn't give a fuck what the community thinks if he likes it his way. Of all the people to try and strong arm, like you, 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 that was a miss on that one. That was a swing and a miss. Swing like, and a miss. You should have bunted that one, mate. Like, you might have had a chance to get the first base. That's a fair point. That was a swing and a miss. But uh, I don't know about conflict. He is still doing sorry, the hosting. What? I mean, it's oh, still, sorry, he's still the hosting. He's still, as far as I'm concerned, you know, one of the top two hosts along with Freya. It's basically, I think, exactly. hosting, I think, and I think Freya, you know, it's like, so to see them on the desk, that's good. I'm, uh, exactly. I'm happy about that. Second biggest swing and a miss after conflict. <laughs> we don't know how that went, don't we? <laughs> hey, maybe he swung and he hit, but then, you know, the other guy just hit harder. Config's the other guy, you know, oh, you should have you seen the other guy. It turns out Config is the other guy. Exactly. Oof. All right. So uh, I think this is probably a good uh, transition into what comes next, which is, uh, well, I mean, I guess we should just get into the device news. We should just talk about Astralis device. Get well, after that's it. the best part, isn't it? Because think about how hilarious that is. Everyone was already saying, do you remember on past episodes, we were all thinking, right, even if like device just replaces Farley, and you've obviously still got Config and you've got Blame F and you've got Zipnix and Glib, but then it's Zipnix, isn't it? No, no, the best thing is, because of the stupid Config drama, now there's not even Config, and it actually just sucks all the... I know everyone was really hyped today, but actually I can't get... Listen, I'm hyped that device is going to play CS again. That's cool for me. Yes. I'm even hyped maybe that he's going to play with Glib. That's a cool angle. They could help build their careers back up together. The actual premise for the team, though, bear in mind they're not in the major, they're not in Blast, and they've just got this flawed team. It's actually not, it's, the config news has cut the whole fucking legs out from under the, obviously, you know, listen, <laughs> I didn't do that. The English language is inventive for me, but uh, yeah, it's just sort of made it barely have a leg to stand on, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You got another one in too. <laughs> By the way, hope Coffee gets better soon, of course. You just can't catch a break, that Coffee guy. Uh, he yes. can. That's his problem. <laughs> That's he what I did every time. The problem is he got one big break. He's never really recovered since. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Look, get well soon. Get well soon. <laughs> but you're right. I hate to kick him out when he's I, down. A few it was so much me. so that I went on to the... Um, when the announcement was made, I was like, oh, dude, that's a sick jersey. Let's see like how much it costs or whatever. Because Astralis jerseys, you can knock them all you want. They know how to do design and the quality. Good, yeah. It's one of the best jerseys I have. I have an Astralis jersey upstairs and it's just the quality is so good. So I was like, oh, let's take, let's take a look. And it crashed the site. Like I couldn't actually log into their shop. They, they, were, they must have been getting so much traffic from the announcement that I couldn't actually get into the shop to check the jersey. So, you know, good on them. That's... Dude, Astralis have got a hardcore fan base. Talk about a good lineup there, at least. You know, it's like, get the 2023 jersey out with device, double whammy. Just get in there and, jer and sell some jerseys. Fucking hey, good work on that. I mean, that's a, that's a, that was a home run as far as they're concerned. But uh, as far as the roster is concerned, holy shit. What are we, what are we doing? I mean, people seem to think that, um, that he won't even replace Farley. That, as in, no, no, no. Like, that Farley is going to be the one that replaces him. But I mean, like... Wouldn't you hold on to device and Far League and 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 bench Mister or put Mister back on the uh, put you know it's like are you going to hold on to Mister instead of uh, Far League? I I know that they tried to sh to swap uh, Far League out to Sprout, but um, 
like now at this point, you clearly like the thing is, okay, the, the way that the Astrala situation plays out and the why why it's been so predictable, like how they've played this out, is that if you know that they are they're pretty much like they don't have any money, they're all of their moves play like a team who is trying to cut as many corners as possible and save every penny as possible. Like they won't spend they won't do big buyouts, they won't be, do any big spends for players. They haven't forever. You know, the, the only big spends that they have were in terms of like, you know, just setting up big salaries, right? Or like we we assume big salaries are doing multi-year multi-year long deals you know like for Remember, or whatever yeah the only people they've spent on as far as we know is the salaries for clave and, and ziplicks where they give them a exactly. huge deal if people forget because they are going to forget this you're going to what do you mean they're blame for coming they got them for free the yes, contracts are finished no yeah the problem is this and this is a key point people are going to miss i already saw people who were like here's the weird thing people don't get it was egg on nips face when device wasn't going anywhere and was just sat on the bench not playing not doing sponsor stuff that made them look silly because they bought him remember to make a world championship team and go for the major it's actually not at all egg on nip's face now nip has absolutely turned this into a fucking w and they're fucking throwing up gang signs on the way out the room mate like as far as we can tell this is where i'm going to just read the situation without knowing the specifics because no one does it's going to be speculation i would guess similar that a mixture of the config thing coupled with not making the major and not making blast in copenhagen is why an astralis has suddenly pulled the trigger on a move that as you said jackson drew out forever because that was what was going on as far as it here's what happens behind the scenes when you have a story like that rops to phase all these other ones here's what happens when the story's like on oh, monocita g2 what happens there is as soon as it comes out as a rumor that's when the team who wants him would have signed him they would have just signed him immediately when they ask in the choir how much is he what that means if it just keeps getting drawn out like both parties are sort of intimate like we want it to happen but it's not happening what that means is they're negotiating and haggling the price now the problem here is the leverage is always on the side of the org who has the player if there's enough time left on the contract that's why i told you rops would definitely eventually go to phase but he didn't have to go early because at the time they had an insane buyout it was like a million point five or something so phases yeah. i mean sorry um mouse's perspective was look I either want him in my team so I can be good or I want to sell him for like, let's say, maybe not a million, a million two, a million. Like, I'm not going to just let him go for like 400k on the basis you and him want to play together. Like, that isn't how business is done. So as far as I can tell, oh, my read... Now. Go on. That's not how business is done now. It's worth just interjecting real quick to point out that once upon a time, the way that the contracts work, this was uh, according to Odie, the old Dignitas contracts, is that the, the buyout started high. If it's if, if you just signed the player, the buyout for that player would be high, but that it degraded over time. And so that you couldn't just say, uh, you know, there's two months left on the contract, but I'm going to ask for a million bucks. You know, it's like it would be it would be stipulated in the contract that, no, at that point, you know, you can charge like X percentage of whatever the salary is, you know, whatever. Like it, they work out the numbers so that, you know, as as uh, as it gets closer to the end of the contract, it goes down. That's where it's well, that's that's where it was a little shady in terms of like Mouse Sports putting a big fat buyout on Rops, even though you had like what a couple months left where it's just like, guys, come on. Yeah, but here's the thing. This is the part people aren't understanding, right? Remember when Device went to NIP? It was around May of 2021, right? So last year in about May. Logically, if he's still under contract, that well, a year's gone by. So it's a two-year contract, right? That means they have until the next major. By the way, fluke, but couldn't be more perfect if you nip. You failed this major, and I can hold him till the next major starts. And remember, as soon as you play the RMR, no Device for you. So that means, actually, the ones who have Astralis over a barrel's nip, it's not the other way around. People
people think like, oh, Astralis must have gotten a really good deal. No, I think the opposite. If I had to guess, what's happened is they tried to haggle for months and months and months and months to get the deal down. Right. In the meantime, by the way, Nip even qualified to a major with LXB. They don't even necessarily need the money from device right now. It's just to recoup the costs they do and to not look silly. And they've paying. now and if I had to guess, I would guess they recouped most of the costs. And actually, in the end, this is one of the few big spends Astralis did. And I think the config thing, by the way, made it even more pressure on Astralis. Because now you look really fucking stupid. You've got no future in the lineup. The only thing that could at least PR-wise save your team, let's bring back the greatest player who ever played for our role. He's not even playing CS right now. In fact, if you look at the statements made, by the way, where he's just coming back now about what's going wrong and about how he was feeling really terrible and sleeping really bad, it's even implied, Semler, he doesn't even know if he can play now. He's just going to start working on it together and they're going to find a way he can play. So as a result, in my opinion, it's a big PR Where did you hear that information? You can go and read it on the website. Oh, the actual press release in terms of like... a statement on the Astralis website that says all this shit, yeah. Oh, fuck, I didn't read the actual... uh, That's why you go and read the actual press release and not just, you know, stay on Twitter and look at the Let me see if I can find it for you. Because that is that has been the major uh, point of criticism that I've had ever since this this, the, this device thing got even mentioned. It's just like, okay, it's device. You're going to take the risk on a player of device's caliber just because of the pedigree, just because of the, of his his status. But that said, remember why he went on the bench, and remember why he hasn't touched the game since. The reason that they've been giving, you know, ever since when they have given a reason is, you know, he's out for uh, mental reasons. He's out for mental issues. Mental issues are really tricky to solve. It's not. It's not like a bone that heals and that's it. Six weeks later, you're good to go again. It, it can take a while. So the question is whether or not uh, they've they've addressed those problems. And also, my major concern with the device play is like, okay, fantastic. You're going to bring him back in. That's obviously going to step up your op game. I mean, he, Glaive. If anybody's going to know how to get the best out of device, it's going to be glaive you know that they've worked together right there's the zip mix glaive blame is doing well like there's a good team there but when you look at it now there is all the pressure in the world once again on device's shoulders because there's going to be insane expectations with him coming back home four-time major champ this is the you know he built the team he's the all of the all of the accolades are just going to weigh on a guy who apparently, you know, took a step back due to mental issues. So the question is... I'm wrong. It was on a TV2 Danish article that's um, translated. Basically, I'll tell you the the rough gist of it. Let me just do the translation over there. Uh, Do it to English. Right, basically, he says... like, here's the way he says it, Samler. This way of phrasing is really going to make you nervous if you're an Astralis fan. He goes, it is a lie if you think it cannot happen again. But I have a handle on how to handle various symptoms. And I'm not worried about it at all, says Device. Because part of it, he said, like, basically, he was like he was having stress, which led to anxiety and depression. And then that he didn't sleep very much and that it was hell for him. That's why he had the long break. So, by the way, that even implies, I mean, luckily, he doesn't have to play for Astralis for a while now because there's fuck all tournaments left. But that even implies it's not like he's playing tomorrow. He's necessarily like scrimming tomorrow. Whatever. It maybe even implies he's going to work his way back in, which is why, and this is the other key thing to point out, Semler, I don't really believe, I actually think for real, that that whole thing about how there was another org bidding, which was like that whole thing, and then they like, I don't think that was real. What org would it be? No one's ever been able to even guess. No one's ever even guessed the name. So I actually think, by the way, that's what you call a rumor that Astralis put out. That would be my guess, just a guess. I think what Astralis did is they put out a rumor so that it could seem like, oh, that's why we haven't signed him yet. It's a bidding war. No, I think what happened was Astralis was trying to lure it and lure it. And then even worse, their position got weakened. Like the config thing happened. They don't make the RMR. The major, rather, they don't make glass. They're looking worse and worse. They need a PR win so badly. And then on top of it, if this is true behind the scenes, that he's not even necessarily coming back to active play tomorrow, 
then who else is going to sign him now? Like, who the fuck would sign him if you're going to end up like Nip? Like, uh, there's your um, $600,000. Now, uh, when do you play to Clive? Well, the thing is, it's, that's difficult to say, and I'd be lying if I said I could play tomorrow because I've still got a lot of anxiety. But, oh, what the fuck? I've just, I've just done a Nip to yeah, myself. That's why I didn't understand the play. That's why I yeah. didn't understand it. The idea that everybody was just like, jump on board the device train yeah. right off the gates. It's like, listen, you have to understand. I'm saying this just because you have to you have to speculate about and go down these paths. You have to yes. if you're if you're trying to put yourself in the shoes of a GM who's making big money decisions for his team and you're obviously trying to build teams that are going to win trophies and you're obviously trying to try to keep your team going and especially if you're Astralis when you're already on the ropes and your share price has gone off a fucking cliff and you don't really have much going for you right now. It's like you need to be really serious about the decisions that you're making. And so I I and it's not maybe it's not obvious and so I have to put it out there. It's like I absolutely wish the best for device and I hope he comes back full strength and just fucks everybody up and like you know we get the return yeah, the glorious course. return of device to the server of course nobody nobody wishes otherwise and i'm one of those people who's like absolutely i want to see him do it but you still have to ask these questions it's it's if you're trying to put yourself in a gm position it's like okay here's a guy who i know has been on the bench for a year due to mental issues has he decisively solved these issues and also what environment is he going to be going into when he does get back into the server at least now it's like he isn't just jumping into the deep end going into the major or something where the expectations are going to be insane and everybody's going to be like oh they're going to go deep in the major now device is going to do like that might have been the worst case scenario this actually i think you're right might be the best case scenario where it's like you have this espo tournament that's coming up the last tournament that Astralis have going into it. So we'll see if Device plays there. That's a small tournament, not too much going on. Got It could be a nice way to ease into it, you know, see what you need to work on, you know, get some officials in because there's only officials that you can really test shit with. You can scrim all day, but, you know, it's, it really takes an official to really see if a strat works or not and what, what needs to be tweaked and not. So you could do this tournament with Device, use that as a as a way to say, okay, this worked, this didn't work, we've noticed this here. Like, you're, you can set the template going forward so that after the Christmas break, Boom! You know exactly what you need to be working on going into the first matches of the of the of the new season in January, and it gives you an actual plan to work towards. So this probably, funnily enough, this might actually be the best case scenario for Device coming back into Astralis because there's no major tournament like it's not Blast World Championship, it's not Blast uh, Fall Finals, it's not Blast. Uh, you know, it's like you you don't have any of those major events that would really fuck with you because if you were in you know blast fall finals that's in the copenhagen you know that's in copenhagen that's in the royal arena that's in front of all of your fans you know that the uh, the pressure there to perform would be immense again so this might all actually all work out i guess the the real speculation revolves around you've got you've got glaive you've got device you've got blame f you know if everybody's firing on all cylinders now what are you doing about the other two because everybody everybody that i'm seeing on twitter is just like well you know there at least needs to be another two changes to make this a, a tournament worthy team so i'll just throw it to you like what do you think uh, what do you think needs to happen for as far as the roster is concerned to get this into a tournament winning kind of roster or do you think they have what they take what it takes right now as in you want me to like ignore what they will do and just say what i would do basically Okay, uh, give us both. Give us what they will do first and then give us what you right. would do. I personally think this is the only move they're going to do. That was the whole yeah. reason to finally break the piggy bank open by device. Like I said, not only get a good player, but also you don't even have to use him again. That probably also reason the deal was delayed. Maybe he wasn't ready to play yet and maybe you, you thought there was no point buying him and then going and playing an RMR and having Farley just shit his pants. So maybe that was even why you held off and you thought, I'll wait till next player break or whatever. Because remember, like I say, I'm, I assume his contract ran till next year, which means, by the way, Nip had like almost a year left of leverage. Like, let's say like six, eight months or something. That's a pretty long period of time when you're horny to have the guy in your team. And then the other angle I would say is this, is I also think, um, let me think how I would say this. I also think, like I say, it's a PR win. 
Every little, like, remember, the people who are the fans of Astralis who queue up to go to that Nexus building, who go to the Royal Arena, if you've ever seen them, they're not, like, hardcore CS fans. They no, are, they like, aren't. a dad who, they're like, normies. would normally be watching football or Formula One, and they've got their son, and this is how, and this is a brilliant thing, by the way, this is one thing I do agree with. That is a way that, like, fathers and sons can bond. They need to have activities they can do together. They can't just be, like, the dad's watching soccer, and then the kid's in his bedroom playing, like, Minecraft, and there's no connection, and they're like, are you winning, son? It's like, I'm playing Minecraft they cared like you know they can't be that like it has to be so, so in that sense it's good but the problem is all that fans gonna hear is like Ronaldo's come back to Man United I'll use the same story Ronaldo's back at Man United like that's a PR win whether it's good or not initially because it's Ronaldo and he's back with a team he's really good with so the problem is I think that's the reason why they've done this move and I think the config move like I said just increased the pressure that they had to get a PR win it was looking really bad for the future of the team but the problem is I don't think they're going to make any moves mate like here's the thing you you just if you know the way people are in esports people are notorious in esports for throwing good money at after bad people are notorious for refusing to accept that they made a mistake and just doubling down so here's the thing i said it ages ago mate. i said it like six months ago i would already have cut my losses with zipmix and i said you know what i fucked up on this contract i did a really bad job but you know what there's no point also then tanking the team's results so i'll eat the cost of the contract like you do with a bad contract in the nba and i'll just sign a good player maybe a cheap player an up-and-coming player and i'll put him in the team and i'll hope that we're good like i would taking like a Copenhagen Flames player or something if I didn't have much money. Maybe now Nakedos is in my team or fucking Yabby or something like that, right? Instead, they didn't. What they did is, as far as I can tell, they've just, if you notice, when has Astralis ever admitted publicly that Zipnix is bad? Go look at any interview. Go look at interviews with Zipnix, with fucking Blame F, none of them. Nobody, they act like he's not even there, dude. The joke about Zipnix was you were normally singing his praises because of how much he brought to the team and how much extra he did and the clutch minister and all that. Now you just ignore it unless it's some PR angle. Like, look, the clutch minister wants you to vote this team, this party in Denmark. Like, mate, of all the people I don't want giving me a life advice right now, Zipnik's probably top of the list. So I think personally, they will absolutely go down with this ship, Semler. He is the fucking iceberg and Astralis is the Titanic and they are just going to go down with fucking Zipnik's, mate. They're going to let him just fuck the rest of the team for the rest of Europe, maybe even through the next year. Because the problem is, if that dealer... It, it sounds to me, I don't know the details of his contract, but the other thing is this also. If his contract was a cynical old school contract where you could just cut the guy and bench him and give him half as much and pay him off and just pay him a two month salary to fuck off, you'd have done it already because there's so many years, it wouldn't be worth it. You wouldn't be worth paying extra years of an enormous salary. I think they can't. I think they've locked themselves into a nightmare contract because they thought this guy was just going to be good forever. They thought he's going to be old Zipniks forever. Of course I want him. He's the perfect player. So I think they've fucked themselves, dude. I think this team, they change one player and it ain't Zipnix. I think Farley goes. I think they bring Device in, and he's the opera. And I think Farley goes. You've seen they're trying to get the stair guy from fucking Sprout, like you mentioned. There's other players out there. You could also go and get like some of the players who remember there's tons of you could go get a refresh or someone. Like I know he's also in Sprout, but like these are the sorts of level of players I think they can potentially get as the fifth guy. But sadly, because they keep Zipnix, I don't think it's enough, mate. Remember, we're also all assuming 
device just comes back amazing. I also think he can do it. Like, give him three months, I think he'll be really good. But that that doesn't mean from day one you can just plan, like, yeah, well, I've got, like, my simple here, and I've got, like, yeah, that isn't simple, mate. Like, we don't know yet what form he's coming back in. In fact, as I said from that last statement, we don't even know how to what degree he's coming back yet. Is he going to ease his way in the lineup? Is he going to come straight back and be a proper player? So, sadly, I don't think they do much. I think they just keep this, like, semi-whack team. And I'll tell you what, now it is going to heavily be on the shoulders of Glavin Zivice to fucking make this team good. Because everyone knows Blame F's really good. The stats tell you it. The eye test tells you it. Aside from Blame F, there's no config anymore. So there is no actual consistent element to this team. Glave hasn't been a great IGL, really. You haven't you haven't seen Device play in over a year now. Oh, almost a year. Like, And then here's the last detail no one's talking about, Semler. Who's the coach of Astralis? Anyone know? Uh... Anyone know? I mean, I thought that they gave the step up to their, uh, to their, to their, um, uh, what is it? The coach of their uh, talent team. I don't even know his name. I mean, if you go look at Wikipedia, no one's listed. So I think temporarily they put the talent guy, like you castle or whatever his name was, wasn't he? Wasn't it some shit like that? I think as far as I know, he was like temporarily the coach. When I go and look here, I don't see anyone listed. Who is the coach? Well, there's another thing, right? I'm sick and tired of this, Semler. You guys can't tell me that Zonic was the greatest coach of all time because of what he did with the Astralis five-man lineup and all the way he built the system and the approach and the and then act like they can just have not as good a lineup and no coach or a nobody coach and be as good. In that case, you're implying Zonic did nothing. If Zonic is really good, you need a really good coach. So there's another problem. Logically, they need to go shopping for a big coach as well, Samla. They need to bring in like my boy Kassad or fucking Zeus. I haven't even heard any rumors about that. Dude, people are acting like they don't need a coach. So they've not only got a flawed lineup, they have no coach. And as far as I can tell, no direction to the team. We're just relying on Blame F to keep being Blame F, Glaive and Device to roll back layers, and Zipnix to not quite shit the bed too much. And that's without even knowing who the fifth player is. And if it's Farley, what's the point in Farley being a rifler? If he's in the team, he should be the op. I always thought, by the way, it was a waste of time signing him if you weren't going to do it in good faith. In good faith, you should have set the team up around him like a real orper, given him his chances. If he fails, you cut him. If he doesn't fail, great, you've got a good player. Instead, they sort of gimped him like they did every bloody player they brought in, like they did with Bobski, like they did with Lockie. They never properly gave him a crack of the of the whip, as it were. They never gave him like a chance. So I think personally, they do nothing. Now, if it was up to me, it depends how much money I've got. Like, one thing I would do tomorrow is I'm cutting Zimnix. I have to. That That's just being uh, wanting to win. And I don't okay. care everyone who's going to go. Like, here's how you know. I I brought I made this metric years ago, Samler, and it works like a motherfucker. Like, you know what everyone would say back in the day? Oh, you can't cut Freiburg from Nip. He's like the soul of NIP. And plus, what if he gets his level up again? So here's the line I used to say back then. I'll say it here. If I cut Freiburg tomorrow, which of my rival teams at my level, my peers, Russian sign Freiburg? Nobody. You knew Fnac was never signing him. If you remember, he went to fucking the shitty heroic. And then that was just the end of his career, except for Dignitas pulling him out the grave to give him the, the last dance, which at this point was like a fucking weekend at Bernie's or something. Like, mate, there's no world in which if I cut Zipnik, someone else is rushing to... Do you think heroic goes and signs Zipnik tomorrow if he gets cut from our team? If they do, by the way, they're morons. His career suicide. Oh, so the joke would be, if he gets cut tomorrow, he probably ends up on... Sprout or something? It would have to be, right? It would have to be some nobody team. Or he goes to, like, a Copenhagen flight. He'd have to be on some nobody team. That's how you know that, like, if the logic goes, if no one else would sign him, why is he on your team? 
That's what I would say. So I'm cutting Zipnix tomorrow. Then what I'm doing is, look, I've said it before. If I've got money and I actually want to win, I'm going to a heroic and I'm going, look, I know we had our history in the past, but let me let me know what these buyouts are. What is the buyout for Shush? What is the buyout um, sprout for this guy? I'll pay it. I want the players. I want to win again. I would pay. Now, if you can't pay, then you've got to go the sort of free route, haven't you? You've got to go the cheap route. In which case, by the way, here's what you use your money on. Your coach. You buy a coach, or even worse, you get that coach who's banned, who's in your org, Hunden, who's definitely only designing aim lab training sessions. And you even said in an interview, unofficially to Richard Lewis, we'd probably give him a job when he's unbanned. You get him, by the way, the greatest talent scout in the history of Danish Counter-Strike. And you say, you know what? Since I, I know it's a PR hit, but you're my coach now, so please go and find me the next Zipniks, the next whoever player, the next config. Find me that player before he has a 200k buyout, and let's get him in the team for 10k, 20k. Because the other thing that's a joke, and I'll just throw this out there, this also shows what a fucking joke the Astralis Talent Academy squad is. Because the joke is, they only use those players as like subs because you have to have five humans sat in chairs. They don't do it because they believe in Mister. He has no future in the team. They don't do it because they actually thought any of those guys can... The joke is, if you don't know, they're still not even the best talent squad. Even though Denmark has the most raw talent of any fucking region and has a whole systematic sports approach where they've all been IGL'd and coached. Even after that, they can't get a single motherfucker into this lineup that would ever be in the team. This mental mate. So I actually think this just exposes that like Astralis is in a really tough spot. They don't have money to spend or they don't want to spend money, mate. Like I struggle myself to even figure out who would you get? It's not easily apparent, that's for sure. Especially because anywhere you go that's going to be worthwhile, it's going to cost you the bag. And uh, that's one point that needs to be brought up as well, though. It's like the like the config um getting config out of the roster couldn't have happened at a better time if you were trying to have to free money up because now you get him out of the roster you cancel the contract you agree to end the contract all of a sudden you have that money that's uh that instead of going maybe that's config, why you bought device then maybe yeah. that also went to the device payment then 100 yeah, exactly. percent like because now all of a sudden it's like okay config is out of the picture you have his salary freed up he probably wasn't on a cheap salary he was probably on a pretty decent salary now you put that salary towards device boom you're not, it's not like you're having to pay for a device salary on top of everything. In fact, that may be the reason why things were, were taking as long as they were is because they're just like, well, fuck, can we afford to have, you know, a Glaive, a Zip, a Blame F, a Config, everybody on tier one, you know, like... I'm saying this just like like to set up the joke. I don't really mean it. So you know this part's just a rhetorical part. Tell me if I'm out of line on this, Sebler. What I would actually do, I've realized, it's a mixture of what, like, could be done and what I would actually do to get results, you know, ends justify the means. Not to me, but that's the Israel's philosophy. I would right now sit, go, you know what, guys? We haven't got tournaments for a while and basically everyone's sort of on holidays. So you know what, Zip? Tell you what, mate, you've had a hard year. You and me, we're going on a tour of Mediterranean islands. And when I'm on these islands, I'm just going, you know what, Zip? It's drinks on me, mate. Have another one. Have another one. Baileys. You like Baileys? Oh, you don't really like alcohol. Have a Baileys. Oh, they're delicious, aren't they? Have a fucking pina colada. They go, oh, I know it's getting a bit to your head, but don't worry about it. Listen, you're the Master, you can handle it. You can fucking navigate. I think that guy's talking shit to you. Fucking up, mate. He's looking at your missus. He he just called you a punk. <laughs> <laughs> and all I'm saying is, let's see if Zipnik can go one on three. And if not, then <laughs> if I is, think we're taking care of that contract, don't we? I think we're taking care of that contract, don't we? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Again, tell me if I'm out of line. That's just a hypothetical. I, I don't think you're out of line. I just find it like I can't. I can't. I, can't, I just can't imagine Zipnik ever being in that kind of situation. But, no, but here's the thing. To be fair, like Sebler, when players get bad, they do try emergency things to switch things up, like copying other people's config. 
There you go. That wasn't bad. That was decent. That was half decent. That was, this was a pun, but you know, it's half decent. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it does feel like it's at a bit of an impasse and I might as well just check for the, for the hell of it just because it is, uh, it is the meme. What are you looking? Astral share price. Uh, yeah. Two crowns now, two Danish crowns, 2.01. They're pretty much just stabilized. Even after the device announcement, it didn't go up. Actually, that huh. thematically makes sense. They've got two crowns. And they've only got together. two kings in the team. They've got Glaive and, and Device. In They're fact, only two kings. How did it go down when they announced Device? Because no one buys the dip. It's fucking Astralis in it. They're garbage. So <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so tragic. And so, yeah, just... Uh, also, here's no. what fucks them as well, Semler. There was even a world also mm. where they could have freed up a load of money to make the moves they need in CSGO. You're going to get really annoyed if you're a fan of already CSGO. The rumor this year, Semler, was they were going to be one of the teams that sold their LEC spot and maybe gave it to, like, K-Corp or something. The re the re apparently now, because it's been said that the Australian League of Legends players are renegotiating the contracts, that implies they're not selling out to K-Corp, so they're not going to free up the funds. If you don't know, that would have been, like, 30 million euros or something like that could have also been the pivot to get the CSGO team back on its legs, but it ain't happening. So if it isn't happening, there is no extra money, right? Because remember, this like, is where fans don't know. At two crowns a share, that's where I'm buying Astralis at that point. Like, I'm just buying Astralis shares. If I if that, if that news, if like the selling of the uh, of the org or whatever, there's going to be a huge influx of cash or whatever. It's like, maybe you, you know, you kick in a bit. Just to give you guys context, uh, January 2020, 8.88 uh, Danish crowns per share. Uh, now we're down to, uh, two years later, we're down to two to a 2.01 so you know again uh, yeah, at just, first just... when you pulled up that stock graph you thought you were looking at the hltv like career graph of zipnix oh there you go deeper and deeper into the red there you go, whatever. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly it's only fitting that he ends at astralis then i guess you know it's all just gonna align together it's a, it's just it's a beautiful symbol symbolism there also there's a real detail fans won't know Remember, Sabler, Astralis, because they're publicly traded, are not like other teams. Certain other teams can absolutely operate in any way they want. They can they can have a bad year. They can spend too much money. If you are the Astralis, you literally, by the way, can get, like, sued by the fucking shareholders if they think you're doing a bad job, if you're, like, not spending the monies correctly, if you're not trying to make... By the way, this is why the config thing was big. If you're, like, ruining the image of the team, which might make the stock price dive even more, if you don't qualify to the majors and all your deliverables you promised for the year and your expectations, like, there'll be meetings, by the way, where people... It won't be Casper Hidden, it'll be, like, the head exec people. They'll be having, like, fucking their own monkus moment where they'll have to explain to these shareholders, like, what went wrong and what the plan for... Which is another reason, in my opinion, why you buy a device. You're like, look, we brought back the player because remember all the stats look great on paper the guy with sure. the, like 19 mvps and two major mvps and he won four majors and he was good blah 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 he was top hltv for ten many of those years which years exactly well never mind that he was top 20 on hltv for six and seven mm -hmm. years and also looks like tom cruise like by the way i will say i wouldn't keep saying the looks like tom cruise but tom cruise is about 60 years old now so maybe like why are we still doing that <laughs> no, you you listen. You better hope that you look as good as Tom Cruise at sixty. Have you seen that sucker, dude? In fucking Top Gun, holy shit, he looks amazing. Here's the thing, mate, that ain't natural. I'm just saying. That's well, of course it's not natural, yeah, dude. He's he's. I wouldn't be surprised if he's going like the Peter Thiel way, where it's just like injecting you know teenage blood into his veins. <laughs> he's he's probably doing everything he can, but like holy shit. Whatever, well, the joke whatever they're is, doing, you know, vampires are real. Tom Cruise is one. All I'm saying is the joke is he's probably a really big fan of Astralis talent then. He's probably like, you know what? Actually, I do want to get involved with the Aurora, but not, uh, yeah, I can't actually do a Tom Cruise impression, whatever. Uh, 
All right. We have one other big story for the night. And that is uh, actually to just go over this uh, Richard Lewis, uh, and I'd love to hear your take on it as well. But like to go over this Richard Lewis uh, one-two combination punch article on the um, whistleblower, the ESIC whistleblower that started to make some waves last week. Came out, a whole list of names, uh, long as your arm, uh, players that were well-known, Hooksy, et cetera, and players that maybe, you know, were under the radar, but mainly on uh, Ukrainian and uh, Russian uh, Russian side of things, Russian rosters. But uh, this guy comes out of nowhere and starts accusing uh, these players of match-fixing and of using radar hacks and uh, using cheats. And um, <clears throat> And so, you know, the obvious reaction to this is like, hmm, okay, uh, maybe we should give this a little bit of credence because, you know, he apparently works with ESIC and ESIC would have access to that kind of information. Somebody working at ESIC would, you know, that kind of info would probably cro cross their desk. And so, you know, if this guy's actually uh, putting some accusations out there, there might actually be something to it. And so, fortunately, we still do have Richard Lewis in the scene. And so, you know, when everybody is out there speculating, myself included, I was definitely one of those guys going like, I haven't heard of this guy before, but I mean, you know, he works ESIC, so maybe there's some truth to this. Maybe there's something to it. You know, I guess we'll wait and see, you know, if there's any more information. Well, fortunately, Richard is in the scene and uh, he, he did provide us with more information. And um, if you want the TLDR of, uh, of this, you know, going through the, through, the, through the two articles, I mean, it boils down to what sounds like that this guy may be a bit of a fraud and that he was, uh, he was out there. Um, have, you know, trying to, I really appreciated this in the second article, Richard points this out in that when you, he's noticed a trend over the years of when he's talking to people who might get burned and who admit that they've done wrong, that they don't want to go down for some small thing. And so they'll tend to aggrandize their actions so that, you know, if they go down, they're at least going to go down as like a, you know, a big boss kind of type, you know, you're not just some, some punk soldier, like you're out there, you know, making moves. And, uh. I mean, so the most famous the cheating example ever, if people don't know, the way they caught Kaylee, Valve, actually updating Valve at VAC, was famously there was that guy, SMN, like a like German player or something, if you remember that, through ESEA, they found through the client he cheated, right? And they basically like told Valve, like, this is how the cheats work. And Valve supposedly updated VAC and it caught Kaylee, right? So if people don't know, like that was when a bunch of other cheat coders and cheater people who'd gotten caught didn't just say like, yeah, I did it. They were like, yeah, I did it. And like, half of tier one does it and like this guy from Fnatic does it and this guy from SK does it. and it's same thing it's like you're saying they make it seem like oh I wasn't just some dickhead who installed cheats like no no there's a giant conspiracy I'm at the bottom of it you won't believe this like it goes to the very top like oh that's you're right that's exactly the angle they sell to make because the, they at least want to seem cool on the way out not just like some idiots exactly right? That's uh, so. So it is a two-part article. Uh, it's a it's an excellent read. I highly recommend it. Uh, Richard really goes into detail, and uh, he really gives you everything that you need out of this story. It's really solid, and and it's it, and it's a perfect follow-up because for anybody out there who was kind of like wondering, like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. That's like, this is the kind of follow-up where Richard actually went and started talking to some of the people at ESIC. He went and started talking to some of the contacts that this guy mentions in past employers or past people he's had contact with. And then he talks to this guy himself and he gives you the full breakdown of it. And so, you know, quick, quick skinny here is that uh, this guy is a former employee of a betting website in which he developed his network of fixers and took part himself. And that's a key thing is that he himself admits that he took part in, you know, some of the, some of the scandals uh, or he himself you know, admits that he took part in some of the scandals. Now, whether or not this is uh, this is corroborated uh, is what is the point that Richard makes in that it's kind of hard to put a finger on what this guy actually did because a lot of what he claims to have done is publicly available information. And also what, you know, he the people he claims to have hacked, et cetera, is also coming through like 
uh, information that can't be corroborated, information that can't be backed up, information that's just, you know, like he said, she said, or a text message, and not something that you can actually lock down an investigation on and really sink your teeth into. By the way, because so, we're just unlucky, two hours ago, Richard actually released a third part to this story. Of course, shoot. Okay. I'll put it in the chat there, but yeah, sadly, he hasn't released it. Because basically, if you remember, one of the things this guy claimed when he was naming players, first of all, he named like every bloody player who played for Copenhagen Flames. But one of the guys yeah. that was very interesting was he picked out that young Ukrainian 17-year-old prodigy who was playing for Spirit, wonderful, who was the guy who replaced Dexter and has actually been looking pretty fucking good. So obviously, like, that's a mad salacious angle, by the way. Like, you know that up-and-coming young, really good player that's way too good? He just was part of, like, cheating on match fixing. Like, obviously, that's going to be, like, fucking instant bait for everyone to take up in it. And the article that just got released is on Wonderful. <laughs> he takes a look at match-fixing allegations levied against Team Spirit's Igor Wonderful Zdanov. And so um, this is actually Richard following up specifically on Wonderful and the claims made about Wonderful. But that's, that is, the, lo the long story short is that this guy, I mean, there's also, um, <clears throat> what's really nice is that uh, Richard was able to capture a screenshot of uh, the long list as well as there was a Russian podcast. This is where the one that really made waves where it was a three hour uh, podcast on a Russian podcast where apparently he spends, the, you know, this guy spends three hours uh, outlining point for point. By for the point way, point look at the screenshot this, of this, this guy. Act. Because this guy just looks like the Russian Dave Portnoy. Look at the Yarabu guy. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? He literally looks like, he's like, you know the rules, one bite. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference, <laughs> you know reference. it. There you go. <laughs> and oh, unsurprisingly, he's trying to fuck a bunch of teenagers as well, allegedly, in a video game Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, there Another you reference, go. there you go. Another fire one. But yeah, no, this guy, I mean, it seems like uh, right now at least, it is not uh, on top. And so apparently as well, when he was working at ESIC, so he goes, he gets, he manages to parlay all this information that apparently he's developed over the years to get a job at ESIC as a head of investigations. And so that's, that's a no joke sort of situation. And so he's there on a trial period for three months and uh, none of his, uh, and he gets frustrated because none of his investigations are, are actually yep. getting published. Nothing, yep. Nothing's being made public. And why and was so that? Claims, what was the reason why? Go on, hit me with it. Well, the reason why is that he claims that Isik are uh, are frauds themselves, and that they don't actually, you know, they're just here to money grab, and that they're not, they're not actually trying to do anything themselves. That's where I can tell you, though, Richard in part two made a very key point there, because Richard essentially says, like. I'm not going to just take you at face value, mate. You have to like essentially show me hard evidence, like show me what these people right. are. And what the guy literally says to Richard is something along the lines of like, I think your standards for evidence are too high. Now there's a very key point, which I made again on the last Free Nation CSGO podcast, Snake and Band. There's a whole point about this. I won't go the entire thing here, but the gist of it was this similar. The guy's right and wrong. He is wrong in the sense that someone like Richard, you don't know who Richard Lewis is if you would ever say that line to him. Richard Lewis is someone who understands this is a very key point. I like this tangent for young men out there. One of the reasons you want to have principles and values and that you want to live up to them and thus have integrity and be a man of honor is because it actually helps you. You're going to think, no, no, it helps other people. Like it helps the people I'm kind to or the people I'm chivalrous to. The people, no, no, it helps you. It becomes a compass that keeps you on the right track in life. If you always follow a certain code of ethics, if you never lie, if you never cheat people, if you never act unfairly towards people, it means you're never tempted to do it because in the moment you're about to do it you go it's like me I famously say I have never lied in my entire professional career you think there's not times when some player fucks with me and part of me just thinks like nah, I could just I could just make anything I want oh no I would never do that though 
so I don't do it. And if I can't get you legit, if I can't go out there and really find a source that tells me something, I can't find evidence you did something, then I can make fun of you, but I can't lie. I'm not going to say something you didn't do. I'm not I'm not going to do what's simple and be like, oh, I could, when you retire, I'll reveal all the fucked up shit you've done. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep... And so the good thing for someone like Richard is he will never do that. He will never try to get the scoop by doing it with one source or he'll never do the thing like, well, it's probably true. Let's be real. It's probably 90% true, so I don't really need to get confirmation. He will wait until he gets the perfect story set up. And by the way, in the meantime, that's why he'll lose stories. Someone else won't have the same standard. Someone else will just go, well, it seems like someone else in this case, and this is the really dodgy one, dude, someone else might go, I've also heard different stories that maybe that guy was dodgy or he cheated or he matched. So you know what? I'm going to be the righteous guy and I'm going to take him down. What Isik couldn't do it, then they are frauds. I'm going to be the I'm the punisher. I'm going to take him down. Richard won't do that. But here's the problem. The way the Yarabu guy is right, though, Semler, is remember that article we, we always laugh about from a few months ago, maybe like a month ago, where Richard wrote that article where the gist of it was, you can't stop match fixing, it's too advanced and we don't have the evidence. So that guy's right. If you actually want to catch most of the match fixers and cheaters, you have to do it the same way. Are you ready? It's going to make people sad that we did it back in the day. Back in the day, what would really happen on ESEA and ESL is they would just look at a demo with a really, really experienced admin or even just a pro player and go, does he cheat? And by the way, if you really were like simple, bad luck, because it'll just look like you're cheating, won't it? So I'm, we're going to ban you and you would just get a ban. You couldn't appeal it. We're just giving you the ban. We think you're cheating. And in that scenario, you have to actually go through other tournaments, play online and have years of your career. And eventually you can get it overturned. Or you do that thing where you wrote the letter, like, I'm sorry, I cheated. And admit to it all, like do the rehabilitation. So basically, they're right. If you want to catch as many people as possible, and especially people who most likely did do it, similar, because there's loads of it going on, you have to actually have a very low evidentiary standard and just be willing to go off here, say, the problem with that is, and this is where I'm going to quickly make the end of my point, I am of the school of, of philosophy that Voltaire was from, where he famously said, it is better to let basically like free and it's better to accidentally free a guilty man than to accidentally imprison an innocent man. I would never want to be the guy who went, look, I'm pretty sure he, so he just he just banned from the game. Because what about that one time it isn't? What about when it is Ziwoo? By the way, this, this do people forget? Proven guilty. I, I saw the Ziwoo clips back in the day, that famous one on cash, and it looked like he was cheating. It looked like, dude, there's no way this 16-year-old kid's just doing this to FPL player. He must be cheating. But the point was, if we'd have gone off what it seems likely, in 99% of cases, you'd be right. But you'd have been wrong in that case, and you would have denied that guy his whole career. So I'm sorry, I actually agree with Richard. And it's just why his original article was correct. You will not catch most match figures. I would even guess, even if I would, I, look, I suspect E6 a bit incompetent, but I also suspect, especially after that lawsuit from fucking Peacemaker, mate, they can't just be doing it on flimsy grounds. They have to have all their shit nailed down because now people are even taking you to court, mate. Like, so in this scenario, like you said at the beginning, the problem is I get the vibe from the Yarabu guy that he has like some fairly legit info or some, there's some grain of truth to it. But because he no longer works with Isik, by the way, why is that? Oh, it's because I'm a hero and I left it. Yeah, okay, homie, you weren't kicked or anything. You weren't a guy that just maybe wanted to like fire off like loose cannon style and get people banned and didn't follow it. Because that's what it could be. And then the other thing is this, where are all the people that vouch for you? There's only you and you can't give us any evidence. Like, 
mate, this is supposed to be a giant conspiracy. There must be other people who can come forwards, right? By the way, where are the other players? Is there not other player or a former coach that can say, look, behind the scenes, I, w- I don't want my name going public, but I'll tell Richard Lewis, who never leaks sources. Like, where are they? That's the problem. These are the standards we've got to have, guys. We really do have to have this. Because otherwise, like I said, you can take the point from here, but philosophically, I'm totally against the principle of like, just like, you know, the famous one where they killed all the Cathars, like just let, kill them all and let God decide. Like that ain't my fucking philosophy in life. Like again, cause God has to decide. Guess what? That means I don't get to decide for him on earth. He will decide at whatever point later in life, mate. On earth, I'm not here to be the judge, jury, and executioner. In a video game. <laughs> I mean, I'm not here to be it, so it's fine. Yeah, I'm outside of a video game, too. Yeah. But, no, I, I think you're bang on the money. And that is that is the standard that clearly, that is, if you want to follow the story in terms of the reasoning of this guy, where, you know, that is why he's no longer at ESIC is because they wouldn't, they didn't have low enough standards. Their standards were too high. So none of his cases were getting published because none of them met the evidentiary standards necessary to push that case forward. And so he does not, he's not at ESIC. And now he's just creating this storm in terms of like, it does seem very driven attention driven right getting on get doing as many podcasts as possible getting as much clout and as much in, internet um attention as possible it really does seem like it because right now if anything this is a point i think that richard brings up in an article in one of the articles as well is that this this could be incredibly detrimental because now this could force all of these match fixers to change their game up he could be he could be putting everybody on alert who's actually in this uh in this industry saying okay you know uh so there might be some leaks. There might be some ways that we need to adapt here to make sure that we're going to be even more difficult to catch now going forward because there's this asshole out here who's kind of, you know, shooting his mouth off and drawing attention to us in a way that we don't we don't appreciate. So already you're going to wonder about that guy. But <laughs> just uh, going forward, he might have made the job even harder, even more difficult. If he claims to want to shut this down, he may have made it even more difficult to shut it down to, to shut it down in the end. So it really is just a tragic, uh, tragic whole uh, whole story going on here, and it's a two part now a three part uh, series, you know, put together here by Richard just to uh, just to go into detail on this because of course Richard does have those standards, and so if Richard is going out of his way to go ahead and publish an article on the topic, you can probably uh, trust his track record on it and uh, and run with it. So it's a shame that that uh, that we didn't have the full uh, the full three part picture going into the show. No, he just keeps dropping it right where we're doing the show. That's the problem. The joke is Richard's doing to us now. I don't know if you know this, Semler. We used to think we were paranoid, but actually eventually, I think for real, no joke. Because you know, way back in the day, especially like 2017 and 2018, this show used to be like a mad fucking like, a sort of like taste maker for esports and like the big, what the CS scene thought. And I'm not joking. I actually think eventually the ESLs of the world started to drop their news while the show was live because they knew we couldn't respond to it and that we would like let it go till next week. Because so, they, I guess it was a, it was a clever approach. Like I'm not joking. The amount of things that came out on the day of the show were mental, mental bit. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That, 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 uh, Richard's pulling it uh, as well now. Is that was, is that what's going on? Can I add yeah, that exactly. to the I mean, I like I trust Richard. Uh, I trust Richard's uh, judgment on this. I trust uh, the work that he's done in the first two articles, and it does seem to to me that he's gotten to the bottom of this. So I imagine that this third and uh, potentially what final uh, article on the topic is going to be a, a banger. But <laughs> good on him for fighting the good fight. Good on him for for sticking uh, sticking in it uh, in this uh, this E six situation. I mean, it is what it is. Also, um, I will just say because you made this point earlier. When he implies, like, basically, the guy who's the whistleblower implies he was involved with placing bets as well, right? 
Pardon me? The guy who was the whistleblower implies he did the crime as well. He placed bets on games that were rigged. Yes. That right, here's is, the that problem. That's exactly what he implied in this. Here's event, the problem that, that people he was also never responsible for fixing stuff and that he had a track record of fixing stuff. Right. People never understand this, Semler. You know, when someone comes forward and they go, I'm going to tell all the truth about what happened. Like, I was involved with the crime, so I know. Oh, so you're a criminal and a liar and someone who's not trustworthy. Then guess what? I don't believe you and don't trust you. What reason do I have? Like, in this particular scenario, by the way, you don't work for them anymore. You've got all sorts of reasons and motivations. So, unfortunately, like, it'd be one thing if you were like, look, here's the angle you want to go with, Semler. I did work for ESIC, but I'm a really legit guy, and my whole life is I want to get rid of these match fixes. Now I, you got my attention. Oh, by the way, I was placing bets. To, well, I don't give a fuck what you say then, mate. You're a criminal. I hope, by the way, I hope you go to fucking prison or get some sort of Interpol shit on your ass. And then secondly, I no longer care. Like, no order among thieves. Like, fuck off, mate. Fuck right that's off. That's it. Yeah, that's the banger right there. <laughs> All right, well, I'm starting to lose my voice here, so I think it may be a good time to turn to questions. And, um... And start seeing what the grog coin, uh, grog coin guys have got going for us here. But also, uh, guys, in case you're uh, in case you're interested in uh, in holding coins like this, uh, grog coins is a way to support the show, and also grog coins at the end of each show, you get to, you get some questions answered. So if you hold enough of the grog coins, you can pose a question uh, of your own, and uh, Thorne and I will answer them on the show at the end of it. Do you need? Uh, do you want to take a break real quick before we get into the questions? Or are you? Yes, yeah, just do a quick one or two minute break. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, guys. When we come back, we'll get into the questions. If you've yet to take advantage of one of eSports Bet's first-time deposit bonus, how about their classic 20% on up to 200 USDT? If that doesn't strike your fancy, they're still running their bet forgiveness where you can get up to 100 USDT back. You just make your first bet with crypto. If you lose, go to the mod mail, which you can message on the eSports Bet Discord, discord.gg slash eSports Bet. Message the mod mail, say Thorin or Last Free Nation sent you, and they will refund up to 100 USDT. I would suggest what you do is you place it on an underdog pick someone with two or three odds maybe in the blast showdown if you want to wait a week or so you can do the major itself in the opening round pick someone that's an underdog if they lose obviously you get up to 100 usdt back if they win you get the multiplier and you're off on your way better with crypto hi welcome back everybody thanks for uh, uh being patient in the break but uh, we'll hop into questions now. Again, GrogCoin questions. So um, if you're interested in uh, picking up any GrogCoin yourself, you can hop into uh, the Discord. It'll give you the information necessary. And uh, you can start asking questions of your own. But uh, okay, we'll just jump right into it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm, it's Young Badger. Semler and Thorin, who are the GOAT contenders for the analyst and general manager roles in Counter-Strike Global Offensive? Right, forget analysts, because there's barely ever been any, and no one really knows. So we'll do, he just means coach and general manager, he said? Coach, uh, no, contenders for analyst and general manager. I mean, I guess maybe he's mixing really mean general managers coach together. I think, I think he means that, because the problem is, because remember in European, like, football, soccer, they call, like, manager, coach, it's the opposite role, okay. you know, and, like, the coach basically is the manager in football, so. Okay, we can go with that. Uh, because the problem is for general manager, there aren't any mates. Like the joke is that I've spent the last two years explaining they're fucking aren't they? They're dickheads from Overwatch and League of Legends who go, I'm going to hire this guy for evil genesis, not Colcasad. Like, so if you want to go for coach, I mean, it's a pretty simple shortlist, and it? it's like Zonic, Blade, Zeus, who else? Because we're talking like goats here. There's not many more guys. There's not many more that were really that great. Who? Peace. Who? 
Peacemaker. <laughs> go with Peacemaker. You know, oh, he's just no, been around He's a meme. Oh, yeah, I mean, my joke used to be on By the Numbers. I bet, he, I'll bet he fucking is really good the first few months. He's got all the anti-strats. He was in every other team. That was that's the old joke. Whatever. That is the joke. That is the joke. Yeah. Actually, from uh, from the from the GM side of things, or like the manager side of things, the the name that springs to mind is Nyak. Like he's just been. I mean, to be fair, he comes from the French scene, so it's much more. It's probably been more the players' the problem. Shot than as far as I know. Him being, it, yeah, his, his job is just to be very well liked by the players and be able to like fix relationships. He's not really like going. I think we'll sign Monaco. No, no, no. G2 I don't think so. Either. Like, it's just like from Carlos the manager side of things. Yeah. I'm just like, ah. Uh, I mean, know, I'll give you one like more guys name. who have managed teams from start from from start to finish almost. I mean, Yak has probably but got you know the what? longest manager role. I was gonna say like threat or something, but he's just said like goat content. Like threat isn't no, content with fucking Zonic, mate. So it's those no. three names. Just like, keep it at those three. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, if you really wanted to go with it, like you'd have to, I guess you'd have to really, cause otherwise you're going with intangibles, but you'd have to probably go with results. And in which case, you know, Zonic is probably going to take the, the, he's probably going to take the title, isn't he? He's got the major champs. He's got, uh, he's got the major tournaments. I mean, Zonic has got the results to back up, uh, to back up claims to the role of a uh, goat, uh, coach. It's probably the easy, I mean, it, it, it does feel like that's uh, that's an easy one. Casco's got a good point. James Banks as coach and manager, also top contender for sure. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Who do you have Zonic as well on, in terms of? Uh, I'd probably side with Zonic for now. I do think you could make a case for Zeus, but I'd probably go with Zonic for now. I think Blade I still like has to do a little bit more. More majors. If 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 you get more majors, then you're going to be there. No, because oh, no, not, Zeus, not Zeus, not Zeus, not uh, Zeus. For whatever reason, Blade. I'm thinking like Ukrainian Zeus, and then I'm thinking Blade. You know, it's like no, no, okay. No, I yeah. agree. I think the problem with Blade is it just hasn't been long enough. Like, remember, we only just got back to land now, so yeah, I think you need look in the next year or two. His case will be built potentially. The difference yeah. is, I think, I think it's between Zonic and Zeus, and Zeus is more like the Carrigan versus Clave angle. He just did it a different route to everyone else with all the different teams. It's more that angle. It's not raw accomplishments. <laughs> it's true. All right, uh, Zumba. What if Brazil is just one big closet? He means because of the whole 23 plus one thing and the fact that, like, essentially <laughs> their entire humor is like, look, we don't just like gays, but like, lol, you're gay, you're gay. Like, that's like the whole, that's the only joke they know. It's mental, in it? I know it's just fucking mental. And then their whole thing, similar is this. Haha, look at this picture of Vampetta. That makes you gay. Like, you're the one sending me it. And apparently you've got it saved on your hard drive. Like, that's why Richard also had another banger tweet. I, you saw the tweet he made where he just said, like, ESL's doing it wrong. If this man yeah. doesn't come out and present the trophy, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really is that. Dude, I actually, it just reminded me of, I tried to explain that to, um, I tried to explain that to some Brazilians at the gym the other day because they were they just weren't getting why I was saying like Brazilian fans can be the, some of the worst, but also it's like why do they have all the gay porn? You know, because like they just send you the gay porn. And they're like, well, that's not like that. It's not, no, no, no. Like, why is it that is this a cultural thing that you guys all just walk around with gay porn in your phone and you just send that to people you disagree with online? Is that like a cultural thing that we're missing? Because that just keeps happening. And these guys are like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> don't even, don't even get there. I, architect of uh, Korean esports based Joe. Which one do you think we have more of? Stars who are ninety percent as skilled as simple, or IGLs who are ninety percent as knowledgeable as FNS? The problem with that is he made it a meme, didn't he? Because FNS he did is make just it like, a meme, didn't he? Yeah, if he just said like glare, that would be like an interesting angle, but. Just, well, let's, to, let's, let's, it's I mean, one of those ones it. where it's not a real question. He just wanted to get you to read that out loud, and he succeeded, and he paid for it. So whatever, I guess in this case we're just some fucking 
degenerate stripper who's like, oh, just I'll show you my arse then for fifty dollars. Oh, bloody hell! Shall I put it on the glass? Oh, fucking! I don't. I don't know if I want to live this life anymore. So anyway. I don't know if the money's worth it. You know, <laughs> refund this cunt. <laughs> I know the fuck. <laughs> Why are we doing that? I know. Whatever, we read it out now. It's too late, isn't it? I know. So, and by oh, the way, do. I don't. I know people are always going to make that claim, like, "Oh, the margins are so small." And CS, no, this is how you know the margins aren't small when it comes to simple. Like he had a down year for him, in which he couldn't see his mom for months and months, and was away from his country. That's in like a literal like war zone slash conflict right now, and he still was the best player in the world, posting good numbers. Like there is no, there aren't players ninety percent as skilled as simple. That's why he's the goat. That's precisely it. You can you can have uh, actually was that not um, actually that was Maniac bringing that up the other day that was really interesting right in terms of like T side rating being the hidden rating right now in terms of most impact and it was just like simple and Zaiwu and then everybody the else. drops insane after that the yeah. drop is just right off a cliff and you're like oh okay interesting it just it just goes to show that th those guys those two really are in a world of their own they are yes. just freaks uh, they they're just un uncontested freaks it's uh, it's amazing all right um. Kunopa, what is your single greatest source of joy? That uh, that clip of Pronax saying pure joy, pure joy, pure joy. <laughs> By the way, unironically though, I will say I'm not. You know, I'm not a super sentimental guy. Well, like I'm for esports. I like to get the romance and the narrative stuff. But I'm not the guy like you know this similar. Even when like Device, who was like one of my favorite players ever, even when he won like the major, I didn't cry or anything. I just went like brilliant for him and then just fucking went on and laughed at Moses losing just went on my life like but I will say every time no joke I actually did see Pronax's smile you know that joke where like, it could kill cancer it actually does genuinely it's an infectious smile when you see it she makes it oh there's light in the world isn't there uh, yeah. yeah cool that is uh, that is definitely so in CS I... there's a good one I mean Amy's in real life what in real life brings you joy similar no in real life come on family family is the obvious one <laughs> Uh, the barbell working out. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, By the way, like, that's if people much don't like, know. I can drop everything. Like I know that uh, like right now it's it's just working out. And I'll say working out in general because it's just like if you can go to the gym, you may be like mega depressed or mega dark or whatever. But if you go and you actually just get and get in there and just like do something like lift some weights or roll and roll or whatever, you will 100% feel better afterwards. It's, a guarantee, it's pretty much a guaranteed feel good afterwards. Yes. Even if you don't complete it all, even if you do like 75% of tap out, you're just for going, you're going to feel like, I feel so good. I did it and I got through the first part. And now, I get, oh, by the way, you also get all the fucking feelings of the endorphins. Like, fuck, I'm yeah, feeling nice. You get that. I know the next day you might have the delayed onset muscle fucking pain or whatever, but you don't in the moment. In the moment, you're getting flooded wall and shit. Like, awesome. I feel great. Yeah, it's it's pretty much one to one. There's a lot of mentions of dog in the in like dog. No, I mean yes, yes, obviously. But Here's also, the problem. The little Sam, bastard just chewed up one of my I books. Know. So you Sam, know, I'm just like... going to say this. I'm going to say this now. <laughs> Look, you might like your dog. This is a dark thought, guys. Right. One of the reasons why the birth rate is so low is because they've psyoped you with American Hallmark movies into thinking your dog is your child, treating an animal that genuinely, look, on some level it does like you. I don't know if dogs really experience love. Like, I would suggest if you know how they work. You know, I always say religion was overwritten in the human brain with things like atheism and ideologies and like woke philosophy. And they just overwrote the circuits. In a dog's brain, it models the world as a pack. It is a pack animal. So what happens when you get 
get a dog is you're the pack leader. Hence, it looks to you for guidance and leadership. And it will lick you and it will do things like groom you. And also, your hands, if they're sweaty or they're, they're going to have salt on them. It's, mm, I love that. You're thinking, ah, he loves me. He Look, that's not the way his brain works. Like He might not even be able to process the existential components that we're talking about. But within his own world, yeah, in the same way as he adores his pack leader and will follow him, he likes you. But I will say this. If you're making it like, it's my little fur baby, I'm a little... Come here, little boy. Like, that's, you actually, I'm sorry to tell you, you really want a human child. And by the way, a human child would probably bring you infinitely more love. But your problem is you've replaced that with a fucking animal, which, by the way, on some cynical level, is going to die in like 10 years in it. So, like, that's, you're on some fuck, you're already in the, like, Bezos fucking Elon Musk nightmare dystopia future, yes. where you're like, hmm, what's my next one going to be? Like, you're, exactly. that, so that, that's why, you know, all those people, I've seen too many people say it, so I'm like, I don't want children. I don't have that impulse. And then the rest of their fucking Instagram, Instagram feed is like, oh, little peppy. Like, that is a child you're behaving like. So I think that whole thing's dark as fuck. And if you're on the chat, like, no, I just love my dog. Like, yeah, because guess what? There ain't anyone else to love, is there, homie? This is called rock bottom, son. Like, you need to get your shit together. As he said, it's a dog. Look, dogs are brilliant in their own way. Like, it ain't a child. It ain't a human. And if you're going to do that thing where you're really going to go like, but he loves me unconditionally. First of all, we don't know that he loves you. You haven't accessed his brain. And secondly, if you're at the position where all you can get in life is like, I just need unconditional. You sound, I'm, you genuinely actually sound like you're really damaged and you need to like address what you're damaged for and learn how to like have human relationships where, yeah, they're not just going to unconditionally love you out the gate. Spoiler, if you're a man, that's just the way life is. There's no like, but it shouldn't be. No, no there's no shouldn't. It's reality. That's the way reality has always been for men and always will be. So accept it. Level up, make yourself stronger, get yourself to the point where you don't break when someone rejects you, when you don't just go, oh, but if you can't just love me from at my worst, by the way, that is the wackest line ever. No one would love you at your absolute worst. By the way, you wouldn't love yourself at your absolute worst. That's how human psychology works. You love people because they do bring value to your life, because they make you feel better, because they're the people you can rely on, you can reach out to, you can work together. These are all great things, so make yourself someone like that, and you'll be able to get loads of great relationships, have friends and fucking relationships have like a lover, have children that you could have fine joy in. So yeah, that whole thing of like, but my little dog, like they're all like the guys who basically, this is the last line I'm going to say, it's going to hurt you all so badly. When you do that, like, oh, my little dog, you're just, you're, you actually make me sick in the same way when I saw that pathetic piece of shit guy who saw that like Star Wars trailer, like, ah, Obi, Obi-Wan, like, that's you with your fucking dogs, you twats. Just fucking get over it. It's just some Snoopy shit. It's a three-panel comic. Yeah, it's cool. It's a dog. Brilliant. That's the best of the numbers at some point in the future. Don't worry about it. This Thor will get edited into the next one. There you go. Thor this dogs. will get edited into the next one. There you go. And on that note, <laughs> Whatever. Hey, BZ. People love dogs, though. They are brilliant, aren't they? Hey, dude, dogs are awesome. Don't get me wrong. But yes, I am. I am like, it's not like he is my child or something. No, exactly. No, he's my dog. He's a bro. He's cool. There you go. All right, BZ. Players like Shocks can play off of intuitive feel. Okay, hold on. Players like Shocks can play off of intuitive feel for the game and have had careers in multiple iterations of Counter Strike. Do you believe players are able to translate said feeling between different games or genres? MOBA RTS. Also, was there or would there ever be an IGL they could lead intuitively without explaining why? Okay, well, two questions. Uh, the obvious one to go off of here. Well, there's two obvious ones, but I guess one actually did it professionally, right? Where it's a liege. 
going from StarCraft into uh, into. Uh... He wasn't a pro. Look, he I've wasn't got... a pro. Here's the good news for you and Pimp and everyone else in CS:GO. I'm actually going to do a video on this topic. Where I'll explain okay. to you who he was. First of all, think it through. He was like 15 years old. How was he? A okay, so he wasn't pro? a pro. No, I, I'm just he was like the... he was like a low semi-pro. Like he okay, played in like pro. open brackets that like pros win, but he wasn't he wasn't like an MLG coming tenth or something. You okay, know okay. what I mean? Like like that's always like, overblown. That's, that's the thing. There, during that whole period, like I may not have been following counter, like may not have been following no, Starcraft, no. Or whatever. He I, wasn't, but, dude. Even if you'd followed Starcraft, you wouldn't know this guy's name. You would not have known his name. You have guys like that though, you know, where it makes you wonder. I guess Forrest is the other one that always makes you wonder. Where it's like he himself mentioned the fact that he could have he would he was interested perhaps in going into Dota instead of Counter Strike, right? So it's just like, <laughs> you know, could he, could he have, uh, is he good enough to have played another game professionally at a, at a high level or is it, uh, or is it just Counter-Strike for him? I do feel like there are some pros like that, that could have, like, they could legitimately swap from one genre to yeah, the other. Yeah, but here's the problem. When you say swap, think about this. Dude, Neo, for, for most top players, is the GOAT of 1.6. And he wasn't even ever top 10 in CS GO. And that's just a quite similar game, bro. That's almost like the same game with different, like, engine, right? The idea you're going to swap between, like, like for an, like a FPS to an RTS. Here's the thing. Maybe you could swap and be like the 150th best player. By the way, that's pretty good. 150th best in the world in a different game. But you're not going to be like whoever you were in this game. So if simple swaps, spoiler, I don't think he would be the GOAT of Valorant. I think he'd be like the 20th best player in Valorant, which if he wants to do it, he can do it. But no, I, I actually don't think that because here's the thing. The only people, and it's very long time ago, were the fatalities of the world. Fatality switched many different FPS games and he's played in team FPS games he even played counter-strike briefly right if you don't know that wouldn't be to fit the premise of the question like shocks who just rolls out of bed and owns in games fatality did it by being the hardest worker in the world knowing how to practice how to get like boot camp with people how to peek at events like essentially he did it by hard work he didn't just do it by raw talents so no the real problem is this it'll sound a bit weird but this is the premise right these guys didn't know they were good at counter-strike what happened was we didn't know them either so we just set a filter of this is what being good at Counter-Strike is. They happened to make it through because they had a mixture of talent and hard work. And so now we know they're good at Counter-Strike. They can't just sit down and go, I'm going to choose to be good at this other game. No, because like, essentially they just it was a game they loved initially and just had a natural affinity to in some way. So I don't think you can do it like that. I mean, by the way, it's the same in sports. You're not just going to play like fucking soccer and then go, actually, you know what? Fuck it. 110 meter hurdles. Like, yeah, you might be able to do it and be like the 400th best. You're not going to be in the Olympics, are you? You're not going to win the gold medal. Like, mm -hmm. he, he's just doing some romantic thing where it's like, I just have a talent for games, man. Like, no, you don't. You're just good at CS. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, it's go. How have you dealt with food poisoning? Well, usually it's a messy affair. Yeah, I just use these shit all over my porcelain toilet. <laughs> And then go, oh, bloody kebab. <laughs> there you go. Probably go KFC <laughs> tonight or whatever, you know. Yeah, it's always the kebab, mate. Mate, I, I'm not joking. Actually, 90% of food poisoning I've ever come has come from kebabs all around the world, mate. Just well, saying. Just what? Because it's like cheap shit meat and yeah, all that. Yeah, of course. Well, it's logical. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it's the most sense. likely food to have like a parasite on it or, you know, the hygiene's not going to be fucking perfect, is it? Like, so, and also you're eating it when you're all bloody drunk. Yeah, oh, exactly. Delicious. Oh, garlic sauce. <laughs> then all, all of a sudden you go, oh, why? What? Oh, it must be some. Oh, I think I'm ill. <laughs> no. I think I'm, no, you've just fucking eaten chili sauce, haven't you? <laughs> there you go. Let's not trash the food of the gods. Get out of here, car. Trashing the food of the gods. All right. <laughs> 
Although to be fair, like that is probably one of the best drunk foods out there, period. Oh, it is. That's like, the problem. Dude, that's the whole that's the nightmare you're locked into. You never do it when you're sober. You know the effect it like, but when you're drunk, the joke is like it, this is how you know you're a gamer. It's supposed to be women that have this effect. You know, the more that you drink, oh, she's getting hotter. I might go and talk to her. No, the more it's more like, I'm starting to really feel like I'll have a kebab after this. Like that's how <laughs> gamers get drunk. And like, oh, I'm dead. You know what? I, I'm gonna make a mistake. I'll probably regret saying like, all oh, right, what's her name? Double Donner, like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> no right, jer Jerky's minion, shout out. What concert did you go to that just blew your Come expectations on. out of the water? I want to know and your just answer. Killed their show to a whole new level. What's your answer? What's the best live gig you've ever seen? I'm not much for live gigs, to be fair. I never really went to them. Um, the one that I, I'll, I'll give you two. One was Mark Farina. He 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 uh, he was a um, one of the first guys who did house uh, house uh, DJ. One one of the first house DJs, and um, he was much better on on his albums than he was live. Like live was a letdown, but his albums are just amazing. Mushroom jazz, all that, like just fucking top shelf shit. Back back then, it was just like so good. You'd listen to him over and over and over again. Uh, the the one that blew my mind or that was just really fucking good was actually DeAntward. DeAntward Live was okay, sick. Fair enough. But you know, it was just sick. It was like a, it was like a really sick concert. Just everybody was hyped. Yes, everybody brother. Did. Yes, brother. Whatever but then that was ninja, it. good ninja. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. That was it. And that was that was how long ago, dude. I can't. To be fair, the by the way, this is a, this is a mad self-indulgent. Listen, this is a mad self-indulgent reference. Nobody else is going to get except maybe one or two really faithfuls like Jerky's Mini might know. But don't say the name. Semler, the the girl in the Antwerp does look like someone Swedish weedo. That's a fucking cow and a half. What? Look, I'll type it in the chat there. That, look up the woman that's in the outward and tell me it doesn't look like her. shit. It does. She could be that person, Semler. That's mental, in it? Get the that's fuck a out of here. That's a shout, though. That is a fucking okay, shout. Okay, that is a shout. Not worth it. Now, yeah, okay. You don't get to know. <laughs> I'm sorry, fans. That's like that's a private. That's sort of like fucking green room material there. By the way, shall I tell you mine? Go for it. Because I agree with you. I'm also, first of all, I'm not a live music person. And also, this will sound weird, but because I'm autistic, I actually don't like when things are like slightly different. If something's slightly off, it sounds wrong to my ear. So I actually like it as fucked as this sound. Like the sad thing is, I've been fucking the Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos dystopia of like, I want it just like the CD every time in my ear. Like, I do want it to be, because it's like a little grooves in my brain where yeah. I want the notes to hit like fucking yeah. guitar hero perfectly, right? So normally I hate live music because first of all, in the modern day, all music is just fucked with the auto-tune and stuff. So most musicians aren't that good live. I and mean, even when they're trying to like improv, a lot of them aren't like some amazing jazz player. They're just going to do a worse version. Like famously, as much as I do like Metallica, if you do listen, like a lot of the guitar solos, they just sound worse when they're live because he can't hit all the fucking, he's used the wah-wah pedal a lot if you don't know in Metallica. So he's not going to hit that perfectly on the win, is he? Like it's one thing if you're David Gilmore or something, like some God tier guitarist. So the one thing I'll say is this, this is how you know though that this band really was amazing live it was when i went to see tool in amsterdam and they actually were no joke unfucking believe like like even the songs that were slightly different it was like just really good mate. they actually their mastery over their instruments was really impressive yeah. it actually was banging i've told this story before though sadly i had some guy next to me this is just my look in it some guy next to me you think about it, i'm a pretty fuck off standoffish guy like 
don't even look at me and talk to me. I had some guy came on his fucking dolo on his own, sat there next to me and had eaten a, a fucking edible before the show. And so just kept, even when I wasn't even paying attention to him, just kept turning to me and talking as if we were fucking friends from war. Just telling me, like, oh. and you know, the lyrics to this song were meant to be when he was growing. Like, I'm just going like the whole time, like, all right, yeah. Now I'm just going to talk. To you. What, what do you think of this uh, track? Like the whole time, please, please. And because I know this guy's on edibles, I don't want to just turn around and go, "Will you start to fuck up? You're fucking trying to watch the. I paid like sixty euro for this. So the whole time I think, well, if I stick an arm enough, he might eventually get lost in the music. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I couldn't handle it. So that, listen, that's how you know how good this gig was. It was genuinely a really amazing gig, even with that fucking dickhead nattering on in my ear. It's like what? It's like that hair thing on CSGO. Like I wanted to mute the casters. Like, please stop. Shut the fuck. Like, I couldn't let me, I couldn't do it, man. He was just on his own, though, so lonely. Just goes to show how considerate you are, though, because you could have totally oh, destroyed have. that guy's that guy's trip, that guy's height. I could have, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, the joke is I should have just leaned in and gone. It's just a shame the reptilians are going to fuck us all to death in the end. And he'd be like, <laughs> and he'd just go when he, I heard men, it's one of them. He'd just be lost in the fucking like the. It'd be like the like Infinity Gate sequence in two thousand one. Oh, God. Just, <laughs> it just hit sprinting out of the venue. Someday, you're so fucking right though about like certain like certain. I'm I'm the same way with um, like okay, so I can give you one example. It's like Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. You play that out on the piano, right? I, I had one recording that I listened to over and over and over and over and over again to the point now where it's like if I listen to any other, it's not right. Like I just can't listen to it. It's not the it's not it's not the recording. And uh, and that you know there are certain songs like that that just it just fucking ruins the song if you hear it done in any other way because it's like no it's not it's not it's not right though it's not the way. Like I can totally relate on that one. All right, uh, cheesecake enthusiast. Fuck yeah, dude. What is your favorite Halloween costume that you have worn? I'll tell you something, because this is like classic Thorin by the numbers material. Like, you know, back in the day, Richard put those videos up on his YouTube channel where it was me at events, like eating the food. Like, what the fuck is this shit? Oh, what the bloody sausages are. It's all horrible, you know, because I am just like in my own way. If I don't like things, I don't give a fuck about just telling people. So I have lots of mad, unreasonable opinions, right? I used to be the guy. This is how low effort I, I take Halloween. I would be the guy where, you know, when you're going out clubbing on Halloween, everyone's like, oh, dress up and all that. I would just do the whack thing, like just wear a slightly different blazer and be like, oh, I'm some guy from like an 80s movie. And then just go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Like, I'm not dressing up as like some crazy shit. And so I would just do whack shit like that. Like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking, I don't know. That, that, I'm like Michael Michael Sheen out of fucking what's no what's his name oh, fuck what's the name of the actor who was Kirk Douglas's son Michael Douglas I'm like Michael Douglas out of the game which means he's wearing a suit and then you go right double vodka please like I would just do a whack once you must have had a good one over the years did you ever do some gaming shit some daughter or something no I never did the only one that I can think of was back when I was like um, shit I don't know how old I was seven or eight or whatever I went as Edward Scissorhands and so uh had the had the gloves we put little cardboard like pieces like says so so the cardboard the pieces way, onto it to make the, the, way, the, the scissors people missed the actual best line of the whole johnny depp and the herd trial the best line because it was such a mad non sequitur. do you remember when she just tried and made that impassioned speech and she goes and this is a man who convinced the world he had scissors yeah. for fingers it's like no nah, i'm just playing a movie with all the one he like no, he didn't, though. Like, no, I want to go Amber, Amber. Listen, 
that's a reach. That's a fucking, that's a reach and a half, love. Like, no, he didn't. You have another mega pint and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Dude, not even. Uh, oh, that's a good one, Ghostler. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, no, dude. Like Edward Scissorhands as a kid, that was pretty much it. Because because I had a lab coat and I had the 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 it was an, it was like easy because I had a wig and a lab coat, you know. So I was like, okay, you do that that scene right where he's got the lab coat. You dress in black underneath. You do the gloves. There you go. That's all I remember, dude. Like I'm the same. Like Halloween has been mega low effort for me. By the way, I tell you, if you talk about music, the Danny Elfman soundtrack to that movie, especially that like music that plays at the end when it's like got, it's his love's like frozen or whatever, that is mad haunting. That's a fucking soundtrack and a half, mate. Look it up. That's haunting. Danny Elfman. Shout out. Boingo, boingo. All right, so... Blaz, if you could pick any director ever to make a Counter-Strike movie, who would you pick and how do you think they would approach it? Hmm. Me, there's an obvious one, but I want to see where you're going to go on this. Let's see what, what are you going with. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's about planting bombs and just firefights and shit. For, so for the... I was actually just thinking, like, Ridley Scott, for whatever reason. I mean, he's just a very good action director, right? So he's he a very go good action director, exactly. And you would just Great want to bang your action director. Yeah. Like, I was, like, for whatever reason, that, I mean, that is pretty much the reason why. I'm just thinking of, like, Batman and all the other shit that he's done. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, Ridley Scott, probably. Batman? <laughs> no, not Ridley Scott. No, he Scott. didn't do Batman. He did, uh, what, Aliens? He did. Yeah, uh, he, Alien, did like, he did a Black Hawk Down and that. Yeah, he definitely did There you go, Black Hawk Down. Yeah, that's it. Ridley that's Scott, Black Hawk Batman. Down. <laughs> in gotham no one can hear you scream <laughs> i had a similar thought though because here's the thing to me the go-to guy assuming we're trying to make it like realism and show like tactical units in my opinion the best ever depiction on camera of like guns it's the movie heat by michael mann it's just so fucking flawlessly executed. It still keeps it within the story, but it has like enough of the realism to make it all legit. And you do the believe like, oh, that is actually how, yeah. I mean, everyone has that. But aside from that, it's like, mate, it's a movie. You can't, yeah, you're, yeah, doing, yeah. you're doing the thing that people used to do. You know, when they went in TS, in TS, when you get shot in the leg, your leg should be broken. Like, I know, That I know, sounds like I the least fun game know, of all know, time, guys. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? I know, I know. Obviously, the joke is Config would just get traumatized, wouldn't he, if he played that game? <laughs> At least we're getting some fun out of it anyway, to be fair. Someone's going to turn He's not a night terrors and shit. We're over here cracking yeah. jokes. Oh. To be fair, he always was good on Terror Side. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep going. <laughs> oh, fucking it. Yeah. All right, Michael Mann is good. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anybody else that would really like. Ah, we'll leave it at that. All right, Santiago Lafarga. Uh, there is a general trend in esports games where, throughout the years, core gameplay mechanics are watered down, making the game less hardcore. For example, one CS 1.3 to 1.6 to CS:GO, StarCraft Brood War to StarCraft 2, Quake 3 to Quake Live to Quake Champions, Smash Melee to Smash Ultimate, and even Dota to League of Legends. Yes. Why does this happen? In an ideal world, what features would you bring back to CSGO to, to make the best possible version of competitive Counter-Strike? To me, the answer is pretty obvious. 
It's that those games that you're loving at the beginning, notice how long ago all those games were. Dota was in the 2000s. Counter-Strike came out like 1999. Quake, the original two Quakes were in the late 90s. Quake 3, I think, was 1999 or 2000. And Quake Live was just Quake 3, but many years later. Basically, the short answer is the gaming scene itself was tiny. Esports was a tiny, tiny fraction of that, even of competitive. And so the problem is... It wouldn't be played by as many people as play League of Legends, like 100 million or something. They wouldn't play it if it was Quake. You all know, if you try and get someone into an old game like that, they play it once and go, what the fuck? I lost 20 to 1 against you. This isn't fun. Whereas if they play Counter-Strike, they go in a DM server. I shot the guy in the back. Oh, well, this is fun. So the problem is, that's how you get mainstream appeal. So even though, yeah, I like Quake World and fucking super hardcore games you play on 8 ping that everyone's been playing for 22 years or whatever. But like, most people don't. That's actually like the equivalent of liking really weird jazz music in some club in Luxembourg. Everyone else is in a fucking Katy Perry, aren't they? So unfortunately, if you want to be super mainstream and sell 10 million records, you better be Katy Perry, aren't you? And what we got in the modern esports games is something akin to Katy Perry. Don't know why she's my go-to reference. That's how, that's what a boomer I am. I think Katy Perry's really popular now in like 2022 because I tapped out on music that was mainstream about 20 years ago, guys. And a lot of these games are currently, you know, spazzing out uh, due to, uh, you know, cosmetics that are... Uh... <laughs> It's detrimental, some would say. Uh, did you see that clip of her, like her eye, you know, like closing and all that? I mean, yeah. Botox, it seems like, right? It's like, like people are trying to make it sound like it's the coof, but it was a... Uh, oh, uh, right. The, I the, didn't even get that. I just assumed good, it was the good, like... The good, the good angle that I heard that was, I was just like, holy shit, okay, was that when they Botox, they can hit a nerve. And, you know, if they hit a nerve, if they fuck it up, basically, and inject it in the wrong place, they can literally hit a nerve, which will then fuck with your face. I so, thought it looked more like one of those scenarios where like some circuitry was going off. She was like, pushed it back in like. Ah, yeah. Okay. Perry butt is activated. I, to you make know, her shit song music. is written by oh, AIs after all. Like her music is, you know, most, well, pretty much all po like mega popular music now is just written by AI anyways. So there you go. Definitely not the devil though. Definitely not the devil. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no connections there. <laughs> Uh, why does it happen in an ideal world? What features would you bring back to CSGO to make best possible version of competitive Counter-Strike? I mean, uh, this is where you have your own biases as well, where, where like I would revert the, the economy back to make it less forgiving again. You know, like uh, keep everything else the same. Just make the economy more uh, more unforgiving again, just to just to add that uh, that weight instead of every round being a fucking buy round. But um, that, you know, again, it's just the way that things go. Like the, things also... You know, it's all fun and games to have a, a small game where you, you make it and it appeals to a small niche. But when the name of the game, especially when you have investors, is you need to make money hand over fist year on year, then you're going to lower the bar to entry. You're going to lower the barrier to entry naturally over over the each iteration, iteration of your game. And so that's how you wind up with LOL. You know, League of Legends, you know, it's like people found Dota to be hard. So then they made League of Legends. Oh, now it's more accessible. Then they made the support role. Now you have women who can play video games too because they can just run around trying to heal you instead of actually having to do anything. So, you know, it's just, it's every little trick that uh, that you can get into the game to keep people interested and keep people hooked. And that could mean lowering the bar or finding different ways for them to play. But, uh, you know, that's always been, uh, to me at least, that's one of the major reasons why you have fewer females playing Counter-Strike. It's just because you don't have a, an easier out. It's like everybody needs to hit headshots. And if you don't hit headshots, well, you're going to struggle. So that's just the barrier to entry is still pretty high, I think, in Counter-Strike, games like Counter-Strike. Uh, whereas, you know, you have other games, WoW, League, whatever, where, you know, you can have a, a little bit of a lower barrier.
And also, as you alluded to, I just don't think it fits into what women want from games, as far as I can tell. Like, it's not a joke. We've all had women in our lives who played games. They played stuff like Farmville or fucking Pokemon or some shit. Or if they played a game, like you say, they play us with some friends in league. They play support, like the fucking Nami, and they heal you as you're the ADC, shooting everyone. Like, CS doesn't have that, as you say. CS is just a hardcore attack FPS game. Spoiler, men are, men like war and like going and hunting shit and shooting stuff. Like, no one's Stopping women going to do that stuff. It's just there's not many of them like it. So I think they just have different needs and th different desires from games, and that's why they play the games they play, whatever the fuck it might be. It's just not CS, is it? So I don't really give a fuck about that angle. I wouldn't. Here's the thing: as I say, don't do what I say because I would just change CS to be like the old versions of CS, but that would also make it incredibly unpopular, and then just like cod or something would take over, wouldn't it? So they probably shouldn't do that. And Which, even my wallet's no, going, yeah, I don't know, Lauren, maybe we just chill with this for now, keep enjoying all them six figs. Wow, there's <laughs> more players playing Dota 2 right now than there are Counter-Strike for the first time in ages. I mean, that's just ended TI, yeah, everyone's on that it high. Look, we all do that. You know that moment where you watch the game similar and you watch like simple play or something, and you're like, fuck, I'm going to play some CS. And then you load in and someone's Ferrari picks you in the head and you go, I'm not simple. Close the game. Because <laughs> exactly. it just goes away so quickly, that fleeting feeling. I know. Okay, is CS still 700,000 concurrent players right now? Current players, peak players, a million? You know, still, still peaking over a million. Like, CS is still rock solid. Good on them. All right, let's try a different question here. Hinoda, what would you say to a friend who says they don't want kids? We just had the whole thing there. Do you have a dog? If so, yeah. refer back to that whole rant <laughs> I made about dogs, and then you actually do want kids, spoiler. And if you don't, the, here's the thing. There are some people who, in theory, don't. But I think, I've got an angle for you here. You know, in the same ways, you can't possibly know if you'd want to be married if you've never dated people and had a long-term relationship with them, you wouldn't actually know. Like, you can't know what would it be like to be like, you have to essentially experience it sort of to know, oh, this is good, right? In the same sense, I don't think you actually can know. Like, I don't want to chat. Well, how do you know? Remember, there's chemicals go off in your brain. There's like, there's responsibilities you're going to take on that will have their own satisfying element. I think you can't really know. I think that's why in life, everyone has some sort of an impulse, unless you've had your test levels dropped by all the shit in the West. Everyone has some impulse to at least go for it. And if you go for it, I think you just figure out as you go, so I don't think you can know. I don't. Anyone saying that? I think. By the way, I think that's human hubris and arrogance to go. I know that I don't want this experience. I've never had that now, too. But also, there's also movies. all the programming that goes against it. Now, yeah, you know, exactly. like from a very young age, you know, it's like, oh, get out there and get a career, and you know, don't have kids until you're ready. And I was victim to some of these as well. The climate if you do. All that shit. Like, oh no, you, you don't have kids until you're ready. You have everything <clears> lined up. You know, you have your money. And you have all that, and blah 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 blah. You know, it's like all of these these barriers that keep just yes. pushing the date back and back and back. And that's definitely one of those things where it's just like, or you don't, because there's a lot of people who are coming out now and who are just saying like, yeah, actually kids aren't that expensive. You know, like at the, at the early dates, obviously when they start wanting cell phones and shit, like maybe that's a different, a different story, but like at the early age, you know, it's not as expensive as you're led to believe like you need a, you need a fucking, you know, loan out, take a loan out or something or have like some six figure salary or whatever. It's like, nah, maybe not. And I'll just say so. this. Most people I've met who said they didn't want kids were just themselves in terms of maturity and intellectually a child themselves. And they just don't don't want their eternal Disneyland, all the fucking that's, unlimited that's candy, also it. Yeah, you're candy supposed floss to be pie. To, yeah, they just want to be like, I just want the new Star Wars shows. Like, get, grow the fuck up. Actually grow up, mate. You, yeah, that is that is to be the consumer now, is, uh, is the way. <coughs> it's right, the consumer uh, Takuma pipeline. There you go. That's it. Yeah, and they're interchangeable. Richard Hag, when were you at your most nihilistic? What brought you back? <laughs> you years ago, probably, sports. right? Sorry? 
few years ago, I'm guessing, for both of us. Can't be that well, long yeah. ago, right? Definitely. Uh, there, like that, but that wasn't nihilistic. Yeah, maybe. I think uh, at least the first the first round was growing up in Los Angeles. It was fucking brutal. And then I and then esports and I got out of LA. Met you know, and then everything kind of changed like radically. Esports completely changed everything for me. Uh, traveling to DreamHack, meeting everybody, doing all of that just completely changed everything. Because before that, hundred percent nihilism, no, no meaning, no nothing, no drive. Fucking just like I don't even know what I was doing back then. It was a fucking disaster. So without esports, like it would have been brutal. I have no idea. Oh, no, I would just basically, okay, I won't say the exact year, but it was basically when I used to work in esports, but not on camera. And I was just a guy who all day long did loads of work. And I thought I did my dream job. So I didn't really. Like at the time, I did, did a lot of shit stuff that would never be your dream, like enter results by hand. Or, yeah, I could do an interview with someone. Then I had to write a bunch of fucking shit news posts that are a rework of what someone else wrote. And when I was doing all that, and I was just sitting in my room, and all I had was like movies I downloaded uh, by legal means, uh, possibly in a video game, Minecraft. And then also like things like music that you're listening to also acquired through means legal Minecraft. And then also, you know, fucking pornography. And that's all you had in your life at the time. All you need to know is this, this is how, you know, it does spiritually degrade you and limit like who you are as a person. I used to think no joke that people like Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, they weren't just good, mate. They had all the answers. They'd figured it all out. Everything they said was intellectual because that's the thing. They make it so you think the only thing of value, not the most important, the only thing of value is intellect. Unless someone can explain it in a clever way with the right accent and a way with the accreditation. And, the, and I'm sure that, listen, I'm sure people smarter than us know about that. I used to really buy all that shit. I bought a hook, line and sinker, mate. And there was a I while can't. where I've often said this. If I go back now and watch those classic Christopher Hitchens interviews that everyone used to watch 10, 12 years ago, the joke now is I realized I wasn't even listening. Like I, w I was just a, a fanboy cheerleading all his comments. And half the time he could even say something that doesn't really make sense and didn't answer the question. And I'd just go, lol, look at this bloody religious idiot. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. He's religious. <laughs> Hasn't even thought it through. And the joke is, by the way, when I go back now, sometimes I listen to the religious guy and I'm like, fuck, he has a banger point there. That's really poignant what he said. And really, Chris Hitchens didn't listen and just in a snarky way was like, well, actually, I'm sure some shit thing that Oscar Wilde might have said. Like, like, oh, brilliant. Yeah, great. I guess you win then, Chris Hitchens. That's what you, that dude, going back and listening to those now, like Sam Harris and all that, it's just a grift. Oh, like those guys. It's just marketing. They're they're fucking used car salesmen. It's amazing. Like just the, the all of the little tricks that they use. So if you go back and you actually listen to them now, it, it's a hundred percent that you're listening to the other guy going like, well, hold on, he's actually he sounds like the trained philosopher. He sounds like the guy who's actually you know following the logical argument here and actually trying to say like, well, the point that you're making doesn't actually fit into your model. And like you're taking points from different parts and trying to put them together when they don't actually work together. Blah blah blah. And then you just have yeah, like you say, the snarky comment or or the appeal to emotion. That's also like the real one that gets thrown around so much. It's just emotion. They just appeal to emotion over and over and over and over again. And you realize like, that's not actually an argument. <laughs> like you're not actually, there's no arguments. Here. There's nothing of value. All you're doing is like, what about this horrible sounding situation? Don't you, you know, do you it's have just a reply heart? guy shit? It's Twitter reply guy heart? shit. You know, it's just like, holy shit. And you used to be like, that's the fascinating thing is that, you know, you, you used to think that these people were smart and you're just like, holy fuck. Like <laughs> that means that like other people haven't made it past that point. They still think they're smart. Wow. like Reddit. Least, well, you ever read Reddit? Reddit? That's how everyone he talks. He literally on admitted that he wouldn't care if like baby, like his whole platform is just fucking destroyed now. That guy. Well, you would think. I don't know. Apparently, he still has fans. It's amazing. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Snake Gold. Favorite song you like to dance to, and favorite song to sing along. 
dance to? You're assuming that I dance. Everyone dances to some music, surely, eventually. You know, like in a club, what if you're in a club and some music comes on or you're at like a wedding, you want a certain song yeah, but to come on club night. is like generic house music or okay. generic club music. You know what I mean? Like you never know the song. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Boots and Cats. Boots and Cats. Boots and Cats. Boots and Cats. Okay. Like that's a... So you know, like, hey, I want to dance with somebody. No, I want to be like... We're not doing the song. Oh, okay, fair enough. We're not, doing, we're not doing the fuck. We're not doing that. <laughs> You want to know a story, actually? I'll throw a random story out there for you. It's just Hit an it. anecdote from the old days, right? And what you guys would not believe, but Samler can confirm this, is if you ever went to esports after parties, I'm talking the Twitch here, dear, by the way, they were putting on a big spread of yeah, like fucking when they were drinks. Still worth going there to. was proper like dance floor. There's big like booths everyone's in. It was like a fucking school disco brawl. You'd have couples that are at an event. They would dance on the dance floor. Women would gather in circles, just like in a club, put all their purses in the middle and dance around like in, with each other. The men, all these top pros, guys, by the way, who were like supermodel looks, really famous, like people would want, they'd all sit like a nervous schoolboys at the school disco like looking no, oh, look at this loser oh, I would never do that oh look at her off then they, they, they had yeah. more so what I did at one event like that was this is when I was still like getting like I was like overcoming all the like mental blocks and inhibitions you have socially I just decided one night I just suddenly tapped into the zone and I've been able to do this every after party since me I actually tapped into that zone of like wait a minute they're losers though they're scared like they're not sat there because they're cool and they're like some mob boss like I don't dance, bro. They're actually genuinely, they wish they could have the balls. So what I did was a no joke. I went out and because I was friends with a certain few people who were women in their space, who were just friends of mine, I actually thought, you know what? Women love it when the men won't come out and one man will go out with them, sort of embrace it. So I just went out there and I was even like dancing in the middle of them all. I was just going, and I decided, fuck it, just be totally uninhibited. Because what I realized was this, no matter what the snide guy over there goes, oh, look at this guy there, mate, I'm having fun. I'm just fucking letting go. And all, not only that, all these women are loving it because women love your energy, by the way. It's not about how good you are at dancing. They like a guy who could just fucking let loose and just have fun and they don't fit. Because what the thing is, they're not judging you. They're just getting in tune with the music and enjoying it. So I was just fucking going, off just doing all fucking moves and everything up throwing shapes i was doing all sorts of shit and i was fucking tearing that shit up bro and it was so funny because i won't say the names but some of the like top 20 hltv players were just seething like who the fuck do you think he is it's like i'm a motherfucker tearing this shit up or me now you just sit there and judge me bitch. those were always those were the best uh so like i never went to the after parties to hit the dance floor though i always went to the after parties because that's where you talk business that's where you talk shop and so like the best after parties were the ones where it's like you actually had two rooms. You had the one big room where it's like, okay, there, there was the music and the, and the DJ and all that. And so if you wanted to dance, you could go there. And then they had the other one where it was like the bar and you had the, the bar with some tables and you and the music wasn't too loud. So you could actually talk and have conversation because back at those Twitch after parties, man, that's what was so fun is that you had all of the different games. Once upon a time, you yes. go to a DreamHack after party and it would be all the different games yeah, there. Quake, so Dota, everything. Yeah. DreamHack Starcraft. used to be, you know, DreamHack used to be the, the, the who's yes. who, like the actual place you needed to be if you were doing anything in esports because it, you had all of the big games there. So you had all the big pros there. You had all the big sponsors there. Other TOs were showing up just to see what DreamHack was doing. So... It was just so much fun to be there because you 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 got to interact with all sorts. You had streamers, you know, just like mainstream streamers, like soda popping and shit showing up. So it's like, yeah, the the after party was fun to just mingle and just like shoot the shit with a bunch of different people that you wouldn't necessarily meet, and also like get perspectives from different games. Because Wait, I see here's our next my real answer is already talking about a different game that I have. Here's the real answer, Sabla. 
Right, the What's one up? to dance to is this charming man by the Smiths. Anyway, you've seen it there. That's how I dance. And then secondly, the one to sing to is Rage Against the Machine, Killing the Name of. Self-explanatory. Killing in the Name of. Okay, 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 okay. The one to sing to that I that just immediately sprang to mind was just the Corollas Rex album from Sabaton because it's so fucking epic. When is that ever being played anywhere to sing to? But it's not being played. It's not. A, <laughs> I no, I'm, I'm in enough. the gym. All right, I'm fucking getting right. into it. You know, just yeah. like because they're like the modern metal muse. You know, like the modern okay. metal uh, metal uh, bards. You know, just fucking getting epic and shit. So I'll put some Sabaton on in the gym, and then you're just fucking like stomping around and having a good time, getting into it between sets. There you go. That's the vibe. Not the not the public club. <laughs> All right, Yasuke. ESL's position in CS:GO seems to be becoming more and more like Riot every year. Is there any possible way a T1 a, a T1 esports can exist without eventually being molded closer to Riot? Well, Riot, like this is what we talked about earlier with ESL. We spent quite a bit of time talking about ESL's uh, monopoly uh, situation here in CS:GO now, where they have uh, they have the majority market share, and then they have Blast existing dude that's just the end state like when you have the monopoly you control all the income you know all the base are belong to you at that point you know like all the income is yours you get to call all the shots you're the king maker um you have all the control so it is the desired end state no, no it, even if somebody always says uh you know it's like it's like the point that you made earlier actually with face it you know it's just like you only say otherwise if you aren't sitting at that table but if you are sitting at that table nah, you're fine you're By the way, that. I'm just going to say this ESL. Bear in mind, you know the other pathetic thing about the Germans who work with ESL is the execs. They're all like bleeding heart, fucking ridiculous neo-libs. Despite that, I do notice that in actual business, you know, where you act in the world, not just say things on Twitter, you all seem to default Germans to some sort of like strict hierarchical autocratic rule where you just dominate entirely and there's no... Alter- mm. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird, weird isn't that. it? Yeah. Where did that come from, eh? <laughs> what's that what's that in your soul by the way shout out to Germans just implied you had a soul you remember the shit I said about Paul's way back in the day <laughs> <laughs> by the way you know what as well I'll even tell people just because people know the rivalry between me and Carmack right remember Carmack claimed at the time all that shit went down in 2014 he had nothing to do with writing that statement you know decrying me and saying like it was xenophobic he know he you know he even said like he took the decision out of his hands he just like you know he didn't approve of the statements but he he just let someone else deal with it here's how you know I absolutely lived rent free in this motherfucker's head a few years later there was like some world cup or something and Poland either beat England or like qualified to like the quarterfinals or something and he just did a tweet and it just put like existential hole filled which was referencing the line I'd said about having an existential hole so it's like motherfucker I lived rent free in your head for years until the Polish football team just did something and then you were like take that dad and it's like Jesus dude he is just lurking Mate. the whole time like he I just he, he I know I don't know what his shtick is but uh I mean, the joke is he's eventually going to become a bald fraud, and he? he's just had that male pattern baldness that they all do the whole, like, mate, it's like, you know, like on a tree, you can just measure the rings. It's like every f- two years, Polish guy's hair just goes back an inch, doesn't it? <laughs> like at this point in time, if you said to a Paul, look, fuck around and I'll push your wig back, they'd be like, no, no. And they wouldn't even know it was about <laughs> I don't violence. Like- I don't know. 
<laughs> Whatever. That's, that's just some nonsense at the end, isn't it? I don't, don't right. worry about it. But yes, again, to take, yeah, to answer your question, mate, I mean, it is just, monopolies are the way to go. It's just the way. There is no, they, they, they say that they don't want that, but in reality, they're all just angling to become the monopoly. They did literally and make a game called ESL Monopoly. Like, they what? did and <laughs> sent it to me. Dude, Oli sent me a message like, hey, you know, can I get your address? I'm just like, yeah, I don't, you know, uh, bombs? No, thanks. And I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking uh he, he just sent he sends me that he's like no no here and i give it to him i give him my address and i open up the box and i was just like touche yeah esl monopoly yeah well played i get it i'm glad you sent me one manichino based on your knowledge of the business side of esports and perhaps player contracts you've read how does benching a player work can a team just decide to bench a player and cut pay when they want or is it tied to the player not meeting certain deliverables how are these clauses typically typically constructed no, because you have to understand, since it's always the team who has the leverage, in almost every scenario, it's just like they put in intentionally vague boilerplate like terms in the contract that essentially say they can do it for any reason. Like there's a famous one where they can just cut you and just say you like brought the org and it disrupt you. Well, what does that even mean? They can just interpret that however they want because spoiler, you aren't taking them a court. So it's never going to get tested. So when they invoke it, it's like, well, I guess that's how it goes. So yeah, as far as I can tell, beyond like countries not allowing you to go below a certain amount of salary and be fired, unless you have that in your rules, Esports contracts let you do almost whatever the fuck you want if the org. You can cut someone for any reason. You can cut them if they're the best player if you just don't feel like it. <laughs> Why not? And I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, now I'm uh, now I think that there must be some safeguards sometimes at some point. I.e., uh, like you know, when, when they were talking about how Device was still pulling his salary even though he was on the bench, etc. There's got to be some sort, some sort of depending on like which country you live in now. But um, once upon a time, I mean, dude, it was like, it was just brutally cutthroat. Like you could just get yeeted off of a team for for any reason at all. And uh, there's there's nothing there. I think uh, there there's certainly probably been some more protections added, but it's uh, it's still very much wild wild west when it comes to contracts in uh, Counter Strike or in, in esports wild, wild in general. West. All right, um, <laughs> Dandy, who are your current and all time Ben Simmonses of esports competitors? You know what that reference is? No, hit me. Right, he's basically a player in esports where he was at uh, basketball, sorry, who was like a really good up and coming player. And he's a really good like point guard at like passing the ball. But for some reason, he's really bad at actually like shooting an offensive play. And, and also he's kind of been like a choker and a bit of a coward. And the problem is when his team sort of threw him under the bus and blamed him for losing in the playoffs, he just like threw a fit and just demanded to be traded and has like gone to another team. And now he's not that good there. So basically I think he's trying to mean that like some sort of like a, like maybe like a slightly diva-ish character who's, Fucking the career up or something would be, I guess, the angle he wants. Or some overrated player or something. Guessing that's the angle they mean. Yeah, but Nico isn't overrated. He's obviously the no, first one to think of when you think about that sort of thing. But he's not overrated at all. He is that good. So... I mean, Shit, you could maybe do Stewie head. if we're doing it like modern day. He's kind of done some of that stuff at the end of his career, right? Say Stewie 2K. Sure. Is that it? Yeah, no, I'm trying to, like, I was thinking of maybe, like, dang it, no. I was thinking maybe Sunny or something like that along those lines where maybe you missed out on opportunities that you, uh, but I don't necessarily think that's your, that may not be his call, like, his fault, for example. No. All right, fair enough. 
Sorry, Dandy, I'm missing. I'm I'm punting on this one. I don't have enough on it. All right, uh, Col Le Francais, last question. Favorite seasonings, toppings on steak? Well, I mean, that's pretty, like, dude, salt, salt, pepper, that's pretty much it. Salt, like, salt on its own makes a steak like 10 times yeah, better, doesn't it? It's just salt, basically. And that, that is literally pretty much it. Yeah, I, I take a steak. So, I mean, if, if anything, maybe you fry it in butter. You know, you put some butter that's on there. That's pretty good, too. Fry it in there, fry it in there with like maybe a clove of garlic and then salt and you're good to go. Like you don't, dude, you don't, you don't fuck with steak. You don't need this whole steak sauce thing. It's just an abomination. Yeah. If you're, if it's really, put it so if you're like a filling in your, like a really nice ribeye or some wagyu, like salt's all you need, mate. Salt. Yeah. It's going to be delicious. Eat the fat as well. Don't trim that off like a moron from 40 years ago. Eat the fat. Yes. Eat the fat. Eat everything. I like the steak is it, but like that's the thing that you know they came up with steak sauce because it's like cheap shit meat. Uh, then uh, then it's like then have the steak sauce. But if you're having a nice steak, dude, uh, don't don't don't. I mean, here's the meat. The joke would be he's like, what's the best like topping? Did he say? What did he say? There's a yeah. seasoning. Seasonings, toppings. I mean, to be fair, it can also be nice with like you know stuff rubbed into it when you cook it as well. If he means like seasonings in that sense, like if you rub some like like spices into the meat before you cook it, could also make it taste nice, I guess. You can do that, but that's for like, you wouldn't do that. Okay. So, I mean, then it's a question of like, what, what are we talking about? Are we talking about a game animal? Because then, yeah, you can have those kinds of like, if I mean, you're Korean barbecue or marinade's or, pretty good. Sorry, go ahead. Korean barbecue mani- mani- Fuck, marinade. Yeah. Dude, that marinade Korean on the galbi. Well, the samjang, the samjang yeah. sauce. Hell that's the yeah, shit dude. too. That's Woo! pretty good. Those were good fucking nights. Uh, we that was dude. Those were like I do miss those. I like those really are. Um, because like is that something you you're cool with me sharing that kind of information? Like the E League, uh, the E League days. Oh yeah, you can say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Because that was always we never going back again. So I wouldn't worry about it. Well, we're not going back. But like we used to go like uh, Duncan, Anders, Moses. Like when E League would kick off, we'd all fly in, and the first yeah. thing we would do is pretty much just all go to the Korean barbecue restaurant, and it was so good that we would even go. It was like forty five minutes away. Like yep. we would eat the drive all the way out to butt fuck nowhere outside of Atlanta to go to this one Korean barbecue joint that was just amazing. And then the word spread. So we do this every time, basically we're flying in, we do this and then the word gets out somehow. And then the players start crashing our joint yep. and the players start going to the same restaurant. And so then all of a sudden it's not us escaping to our little place out in the middle of nowhere in the boonies. Now the players <laughs> are showing up too, but yeah, that was the shit, man. I'll tell Dude, you a little like daughters at a side. Cause I'm a different person now. So it's okay. So I can tell this story because back then, you know, you're all frustrated because you jet lag and you've been traveling and having bad sleep and you're over the country. The other thing is if they said in the group chat, like, oh, should we go to like the Korean barbecue tomorrow? I would be like, yeah, of course I'd be thinking about it all day. And if it got to like 4 PM when normally would be arranged, what time are we going to meet up? If someone like Moses just dropped in the group chat, like, nah, I think I've just had a, I'll have my burger at the hotel. I think I'm not going to go. I would throw my fucking temper tantrum. I would just be like fuck you you fucking waste because because I, I was looking for i was building up the whole day bro that delicious scalby oh i would lose my shit mate i was that was a little bit when it comes to korean barbecue i was a diva i'll, I'll first admit that. i was an eco in that scenario i was like shut up <laughs> did we even got to do that at the major recently or the when we were in romania we even found a korean barbecue joint. i mean come on it's the thing all right well i, I mean dude that's a that's a show that's it for the week uh, big shout out to everybody who's been tuning in awesome and also to any, everybody who's been leaving reviews and comments that's super sick to see uh, make sure that you leave some comments below on the YouTube or wherever you happen to be leaving and uh, or wherever you happen to be watching um, or listening that's the thing Spotify iTunes we're there too just leave a rating leave a comment uh, it definitely helps with the algo gods the algo gods require their sacrifices 
And uh, Thorne, thanks once again for another great show, and we'll be back next week, guys. Uh, Vod should be back and or should be out. Um, yeah, in about yeah twenty four hours. If you missed the beginning of the show, Vod will be going out in about twenty four hours on the YouTube, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.